You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where we discuss advanced strategies, tactics, and tips for actually selling your music. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies, then go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. All right, uh, this is John Ojaka, and before we roll on the recent Music Marketing Manifesto coaching call or webinar or whatever you want to call what we did the other day, uh, there were a couple of things that I wanted to bring up uh, so that you knew what you were going to be listening to and so that you were aware of a few things that you might not otherwise be aware of. First off, uh, I think it was a really great event. There, uh, there were over 300 people um, who attended, at least uh, that I caught. The numbers were constantly updating. But yeah, it looked like over 300 people were there uh, between the phone lines and the web, and it was a lot of fun. However, there were a lot of questions submitted. We fortunately were able to get through everyone who had their hands raised uh, for the phone lines. However, there were something like 180 questions that came in via the web that we just simply were not able to get through. We did get through some of them, of course, but... Um, time just simply didn't permit uh, us the opportunity to get through all 180 questions. I am going to be doing my best to go through all those questions and email people answers back, but if you don't hear from me uh, for any reason, then you can always email us at support at musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's support at musicmarketingmanifesto.com. We're always here to help. Um, with that said, the the call as it was, it, it went on for quite a while. It was a nearly uh, three hour event, or it was nearly a three hour event, and so this is a big recording. This is a lot of information to consume. Um, you probably won't get through it in one sitting, but I think there's a lot of great stuff here. The idea behind these coaching calls, and we do these regularly in the Insider Circle, but the, the idea behind these is that you not only get to ask questions that pertain to your career specifically, but you also get a chance to listen in on other people's careers and hear what they're thinking about um, and what, what obstacles they're trying to overcome. And often that... Um, brings to our attention aspects of our career that maybe we've never even thought of yet. And so I, I find these things to be uh, uh, very fun. I, I think they're very informative, and I, I think they give a, a lot of us a lot of ideas. So hopefully you're able to get that out of this call as well. Um, there was a special discount that I mentioned. Uh, I didn't get a chance to bring it up till fairly late in the call. So just in case you missed that, um, many of you have noticed that the Insider Circle's pricing just went up. Yesterday morning, it raised from $27 to $47 a month. The Insider Circle, if you're not familiar with it, is a music marketing mastermind community. Uh, it involves monthly training modules that are constantly coming out. Uh, there's a mastermind forum where we get to chat directly. You can get advice and ask questions from not only myself, uh, but from the Insider Circle community of hundreds of other musicians that are really passionate and dedicated to mastering the art of selling music. Uh, there is also uh, There are also Insider Interviews, uh, the Music Marketing Library, and we hold regular coaching calls much like the one you're about to listen to where you get to chat more directly. And it's not such a large community that there are ever issues getting all of your questions answered. So it's a really cool resource, and traditionally it's been available for only $27 a month. However, the amount of time and management that goes into it, and frankly the amount of value that I think is there, has warranted a price increase, and yesterday without any warning it went from $27 to $47. However, I didn't think that was really all that fair, so I went and put together a special discount offer. It's going to be coming down within the next few days. Uh, and that will give you an, uh, something like a 43% discount. I can't remember the exact percentage, but over 40% off and basically lock you in at that original price of $27 a month. And that discount will hold for life. You'll be locked in at that price. But 
within the next couple of days, as I say, that price is going up to $47 and it, the discount will no longer be available. So if you're interested in checking out the Insider Circle and getting access to over a year and a half's worth of training videos, uh, then you can go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. And depending on where you're listening to this, there's probably a link below this audio uh, that'll take you right there. Uh, and again, you can lock in that discount for life. Uh, but do be aware that within a few days, that price is going to be going up. So uh, final note before we roll, there were also a couple of technical difficulties as there always is with these live events. Um, I'm yet to do one that is not you know, fraught with one problem or another. Um, in this case, there were a couple of problems First, my audio leaves a lot to be desired, at least in the first half of the call. There were audio issues um, that really didn't peak until about an hour in, at which point I called in from another line and things improved. However, my apologies uh, to everyone who had to sit there on the call and listen to it and to those who are about to listen to the call. Um, there are a few audio glitches that you will hear, and that's unfortunately just one of the side effects of live events like these and uh, calling in from all over the world to one central phone line. So little I can do about it, but I did uh, want to make you aware of that. Uh, we also <laughs> and this is kind of ridiculous, but uh, we also, uh, we were rolling for about 20 minutes with the hold button still pressed. So many of you were sitting there listening to piano music while Scott and I uh, sat there chatting away for 20 minutes, giving our presentation to no one but ourselves. Uh, we quickly realized it once we went into the Q&A part of the presentation or the part of the call and uh, rectified the situation. But to those of you who were on the call, my sincere apologies and uh, that's where this audio recording kicks off so I wanted to kind of explain what you're going to be hearing because I'm going to go and let you in just as we discover that wow we are speaking to ourselves and the hold button has been pressed this entire time so again the beauty of live events and the technical challenges uh, that go along with them um, I hope you enjoyed this call it was a lot of fun to do it and uh, I really appreciate everybody who sat around for three hours and most of you stuck around for the entire time which is really impressive so wanted to thank you guys for listening and you know for that matter thank all you guys who are about to listen so without further ado let's listen in to the music marketing manifesto teleseminar that took place just the other day um, so we <laughs> everyone who is here we have been rolling for uh, 20 minutes and just suddenly realized that the uh, hold button was on and everybody was listening to piano music instead of that. Oh, so, shit. Wow. So everybody uh, here now, uh, my sincere apologies. Wow, that is ridiculous. Uh, hopefully I can go through it all again. But let's let's try this one more time. Can somebody hit star two on their phone to let me know that they can hear me? Just hit star two uh, to let us know that you can hear. Okay, I see hands going up. Okay, wow, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so sorry about that, guys. <laughs> We've been sitting here chatting, giving this big talk about the music industry in 2013 uh, for nobody, for ourselves. So I hope you liked it, Scott. That was that was great, John. <laughs> Which you guys could have heard that. Uh, uh, that is so ridiculous. That that's the first. Um, and same goes for you guys. Let's make sure uh, you guys online. Let's make sure you can hear me. If somebody could just shoot in a a question using the Q and A box saying uh, that they can hear us, that would be great. Hopefully, we didn't lose too many of you. Who's happening? 
yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks like Anybody just about everyone stayed on, so thank you, guys. Okay, yeah, we're good. All right, well, once again, my um, for that false start there, or, you know, it was a false start for us. You guys just thought we were incredibly late. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have, I'm almost certain I can't do that again, um, but here we go. Uh, before we um, begin, I, just kinda, I got a little script here. I'd just like to read to cover my butt for legal reasons and all that stuff. Um, you know, first, just hello and welcome to, you know, the Music Marketing Manifesto Summit or Coaching Call or Web Teleseminar or whatever you want to call it. Um, a couple things before we get started. First, by being on and participating in this call, you understand that it may be used in a future product or as part of publicly accessible content, and by being here, you grant me permission to use this recording and your contribution in any way that I fit. You also waive all rights to the sound recording of this call. Now, that's just me totally covering my butt. I don't, uh, you know, have any actual plans to do anything with this. However, you never know what might make sense. Um, I might want to share it with my subscribers, might want to include it in something, so I just kind of wanted to say that to cover myself. Um, a couple of things about how this is going to work. First, if I disconnect for any reason, just hang tight. I should be back uh, within just a minute or two. I'm calling in via the web from way down in New Zealand, and there's no telling what may or may not happen in terms of signal. Uh, I also want to clarify that this is completely free to be part of, but you will be billed your normal phone rates based on whatever service plan you have, so be aware of that. Most of you probably have unlimited plans these days, so hopefully that won't be an issue for you guys. And uh, if you have any questions at all, you can hit star two. Um, I had asked everyone to hit star two earlier so I could hear you. I lowered your hands uh, just before I started reading this, so uh, everyone was reset. Um, uh, but at any point, if you have questions and would like to be included in the call, hit star two to raise your hand. Only hit that once um, from here on out. If you hit it again, the system will lower your hand. If you wish to withdraw a question at any time, you can, you can hit star two. Uh, to do so. And periodically, I will let you know when there are no questions in the queue. So if you have raised your hand and I have not called on you, at that point, you can click Star 2 again. Uh, you can also ask questions via the webcast. That URL was provided via the email I sent out. You should see a Q&A box there on the left-hand side of the screen. Simply ask your questions there, and they will be added to the queue. Now, we're going to be giving a little more priority to the people who have phoned in, because frankly, it's just a lot more fun to chat with you guys and think a lot more dynamic for everyone else listening. Um, but we are going to be taking on some questions as well. And um, we'll, we'll push this thing back a little bit because of that false start. Um, and, you know, as mentioned, I'm calling in from way down in New Zealand. These things can get a bit technical. Thankfully, I've got Scott on the line for me. He's going to be helping me out, going through those questions and um, dealing with some of the technical aspects of it so that I can kind of think, but there are issues with these things inevitably, uh, as you see by the fact that you had to sit there for 20 minutes um, on hold while we thought the conference was rolling, or the, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, the teleseminar was rolling. Um, <clears throat> so bear with us, and I certainly appreciate your patience. I'm totally sitting here um, thinking, my God, we so easily could have rolled through the entire webinar uh, by ourselves. <laughs> that. Uh, Nobody, I don't know why nobody wants to ask any questions. Oh, well, I, I guess we're done. <laughs> um, wow, okay. Still shaking shaking the shock off of that one. Um, now, uh, I 
can't remember what I said in the first uh, run through there and what I haven't said yet, but uh, in case I haven't introduced him, on the line with me is Scott James. Uh, a lot of you guys probably know Scott. He's a fellow member of the Insider Circle, so you may have chatted with him there. Uh, he's also the co-creator of um, a viral music toolkit. We work together on a lot of different projects, and I refer a lot of people to him in his web design business, which you can check out uh, at websitesforrockstars.com. Uh, he's going to be on the call with me, occasionally piping in, and like I say, assisting me with some of these technical challenges that are inevitable with uh, a system like this. But do uh, you want to just kind of say hey to the folks, Scott, before we continue on? Yeah, what's up, guys? Um, I'm in a, a little bit of a noisy environment, so I'll try to regulate that on my end. I apologize for that, but uh, otherwise, excited to be on the call. Cool. Thanks very much. It looks like we got a lot uh, here today. I'm just refreshing these numbers. Yeah, it looks like there's about 300 people with us today um, split up between the webcast and the phone lines. So that is awesome. And uh, let's see, where to start, where to start. <clears throat> you know, um, we'll, we'll start taking questions soon. So uh, it looks like a couple of you, ha of you have your hands up. Actually, it looks like actually just one of you has your hands up right now. And uh, just so you know who you are and you don't hit it twice, that's uh, someone with area code. 858, uh, phoning in from San Diego. Uh, you've got your hand up, but no one else does. So if you'd like to be on the call, if you'd like to chat with us, now's a great time to hit star two to raise your hand uh, and let us know that you'd like to be included in the call. And uh, looks like a couple of you are raising your hands. That's great. Um, while I give you guys a minute to do that, uh, I'll, I'll attempt to go through <laughs> the chat that uh, we had gone through uh, while we thought we were rolling, and you guys could us at all. Now, um, when I initially sort of put this whole idea together, you know, the thinking was it's a new year, it's a perfect time to kind of reach out to everyone and just kind of talk about music and more specifically music marketing. Um, music Marketing Manifesto is now in business uh, for about two years, um, at least the current sort of business has been around for two years, and um, it's really been extremely enjoyable. It's, it's something that I, I was actually really resistant to um, um, doing initially. I just didn't know how much interest there would be from musicians in what is ultimately business, you know, because those two things really marry too well. And I did it anyway because I, I love this stuff and because I'm a musician and I like the community. And, you know, as most of you know, I, I run a number of different online businesses. And prior to this, I was doing well in those spaces and I wanted to do something that, um, you know, I was a little more passionate about. And so I launched the site and the current course and then eventually the insider circle and um, later tools like the viral, viral toolkit and things like that. And uh, it's just been an extremely positive experience and one that I really didn't sort of expect. The subscribers, we've now got about 13,000 subscribers with hundreds of members in the insider circle. And um, I don't even know what the total, it's thousands of people have now bought Music Marketing Manifesto. And uh, you guys have been awesome. I feel like I know a lot of you and a lot of you are, are literally friends at this point and um, from the emails and, you know, the coaching calls and things like that. And so, um, you know, it's just been a blast. And I, I thought we could kick off the year with what is ultimately just a coaching call, you know, put a fancy name on it. Um, but ultimately, this is a coaching call. And this is something that I do pretty regularly about once a month with the Insider Circle members. Um, we all get on the phone and just kind of talk about what's going on. And um, yeah, we talk about each person's project and, you know, you get the kind of help and assistance that you can't really get 
uh, in an email because, you know, there are all these little nuances and it's so much easier to communicate them in a conversation and that back and forth that is just really difficult in an email. And obviously courses allow me to create a lot of information, but they don't, you know, it's general information. How can it possibly um, apply to each one of your uh, specific projects and careers. So that's what these are for. <clears throat> this is the very first time that I've opened it up this large. You know, they're, like I say, usually just for the Insider Circle members, and uh, there's only a few hundred members there, and the nature of things being as they are, at any given call, we'll only have a few dozen people on the call. So this one, we've got, like I say, about 300 people on the call, right? The number seems to be growing. Um, <clears throat> and uh, bear with me, folks, I got a little here. But um, but so that's what we're doing. And uh, I thought before we start um, taking on questions, well, I initially thought we'd, we'd talk a little bit about the state of the music industry, at least as it applies to independent artists in 2013. And to be honest, you know, I initially had some big presentation that I had put together and had all these stats and I uh, was really researching everything so I could put together uh, a presentation, you know, like what you might imagine. Um, uh, a sort of formal thing about the state of the music industry in 2013. But honestly, I, I think it's all a bit boring. I think we know what's going on. I think what's happening is really just more of the same. It's been happening for over 10 years now, piracy and illegal downloads. Just the Internet in general is changing the way that people consume music. And um, sales of recorded music are plummeting. They have been for a long time. I shouldn't say they're plummeting. They're actually the, – the drop is slowing down, but they have been plummeting overall for years. Um, some predicted that we were going to see a leveling off in 2012, but we actually saw losses hit again in the billions of dollars, um, although it, the, the, the decline is slowing. Um, but at least per the research I was able to put together, the, while, while the recording industry is on the decline, the uh, music industry as a whole is actually on the rise. There's growth in all kinds of areas within the music industry, and they're primarily all online. We're seeing... Uh, you know, everything, social media, downloads, and, or, you know, things like iTunes, legitimate downloads and sales, um, all on, on the rise. Plays are up, and um, the access that we have as musicians has never been greater. And our ability to connect and communicate and ultimately sell to a, a, an audience um, has not only never been greater, but it's it's, it's never been cheaper. Um, and that's one of the things that makes me so passionate about the Internet is, truthfully, all these things can be done offline. And, you know, what I focus on is called direct response marketing or in artistic circles. It's more commonly being called uh, direct fan marketing. Um, and this is not something new. This is something that's been taking place for well over 100 years. And all, all that really means is that people have distilled the selling process into um, – something that can be replicated, and that has traditionally been done in print. But it costs a lot of money when you got to mail each person, you know, send out a physical mailing to each person whose attention you want to get. Um, and we're talking thousands of dollars, and it's necessarily that effective in the music space. If, if you're not carving out these legitimate relationships and actually communicating with people. And so that is what the Internet has given us. It's given us the ability to take these age-old direct response marketing strategies, apply them uh, via the web, but to add this, this actual human component to it via social media and email and all these communication tools that we have, um, 
and it's made it something that actually works in the music space. And it's actually working quite well. Most markets work on a 1% to 2% conversion rate. If you're not familiar with that term, that just means the percentage of the people um, that get exposed to your offer who actually buy. Uh, and I'm seeing with the musicians that have a good handle on the stuff that I work with, I'm seeing conversion rates more in the 4 to 6% range, uh, some as high as 10% and even on up over that. And that's really, really encouraging and kind of astonishing. I'm seeing a, a number of clients who are actually on paid advertising right out of the gate without even having um, offers and you know post-order sales, things like that. And that is truly astonishing with such a low price point. And so long story short, while I think all this stuff, it does require a new skill set. You, you do kind of got to put on a new hat, and it's one that a lot of musicians are not familiar with or comfortable with, um, you know, because it's a bit techy, or at least it feels that way in the beginning. Um, you know, while you do have to do this work, uh, everything is potentially within our grasp. And I've never felt, as a musician who's gone through the major label ringer, uh, I've never felt that way ever before. I always needed somebody else. I could go and make what I thought was this great music and get very excited about my career and being more than willing to go out and do the work, but without a label manager, lawyer, agent, and all these people actually paying attention, and they so seldomly were, um, without all of that lining up perfectly, it was just really, really, really hard. And with these direct response marketing strategies that, that I and others teach, um, we don't need any of those people. Certainly a team helps. Um, it's, it's only going to help with scalability, but we can do all of this stuff ourselves, and uh, we can go out there and build that pipeline and, and bring in those fans on a consistent basis, and that's kind of, you know, I think the name of the game. You know, obviously we want uh, financial success. That's certainly a goal for most of us. But I think fundamentally the goal of each musician is to be able to build and, you know, to find an audience for our music. And I think most of us, I know I would, I'd be happy whether, you know, if, if that was even just a thousand new people coming into my, uh, my sort of universe each year wanting to buy my stuff. Um, and so how scalable or how, how large you build a base and how many sales and how much money you earn, that's really going to boil down to how much work you put in. But even if you put in minimal effort, if you just build the system and just do the tiniest amount, you know, spend 20 minutes a day trying to get some traffic or even just pay for it so you don't have to spend any time, um, you know, you can, you will see growth. You will see that fan base growing. You will see that subscriber base growing, and you will see those sales coming in on a consistent basis. And, again, the consistency of those sales is really what it's all about. And I, I don't want to give you guys too much repeat because if you – if you're on my list and you've watched my presentations and you kind of know what I'm all about. Um, but uh, on that front, you know, things have truly never been better. We're seeing all kinds of stuff happening um, uh, with fan funding. You know, there is money out there uh, and, and it's available to anyone who's willing to do the work. And um, I, I think that the future is just getting brighter and brighter and brighter. So that's where, I see things. I mean, Scott, do you have anything to kind of add to that before we move on and start taking questions about where you see the industry in 2013? Yeah, I think, it, you know, at this point we've got tons of great free tools, I mean, stuff that people would have killed for 20 years ago uh, to market our music. And I think really what it comes down to is understanding the sales process. You know, the people who really get ahead at this point are going to be the people who really understand the process of selling.
You there, John? Did we lose you? Oh, yeah, sorry. A uh, button got pressed there. Uh, <laughs> Testing, testing. Scott, you there? Can you hear me all right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. Now you're back. Um, I was saying um, that uh, all good. That said, should we uh, move on and start taking some, some calls? I see a number of hands raised there. Let's do it. Uh, so first call we've got here is coming in from San Diego. Uh, let me unmute this here. All right. San Diego, you're live. Hi, this is John from San Diego. I had a couple of questions. Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate it. Um, can you hear me? All right. My first question is: um, we're we're a relatively unknown band. Um, we've we've made some great music, and we just got a big opportunity coming up. We're working with a a big publicity and radio comp, uh, company called Landshark that's agreed to work with us. So we're gonna be doing a big metal radio campaign and a full-on publicity campaign. But this is kind of new to us, and we're wondering how we can take full advantage of it from our side. Do you have any sure. suggestions well, on what, how we can market ourselves to our fans and to future fans and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. I mean, tell me more about um, what you plan to be doing this marketing campaign or the publicity campaign. Do you know what that involves? What kind of budget um, you're working with or, or they're working with or you know what they're going to be doing? We're sending out to um, – it's about 300 radio stations, mostly a lot of college radio, satellite radio. Um, some commercial stations with specialty shows, like it is going to be a metal campaign, even though I consider more of a hard rock band. Um, the publicity campaign is going to all the major publications. I mean, this is a company that usually works with much bigger bands. We kind of got really lucky that they agreed to take us in. So it's it's like wow. a stepping up. It's stepping up into a new league for us. And we've just we've done like a college radio campaign before, and we had some success. We've reached number one on a couple stations. We just had no idea to take full advantage of it. And we kind of missed a chance, I think, from it and got very little out of it. We just want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Sure. Um, and they're talking traditional radio, basically. So that's that's what's going to be happening, try to get you some yeah, radio Yeah, radio, radio, radio and publicity. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, you know, because I've, I've been in that place as well. I had radio play and playing you know, label spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on me, and when it was all over, I had absolutely nothing to show for it. You know, this is a while back, uh, while all this internet stuff was still. My initial deal was in '99. My last album came out, in, I think 2005. I think that's about right. Uh, and uh, I had uh, nothing to show for it after that. You know, then what I knew now. Um, the truth is, at least on an indie scale, if I was going to spend money, and I, it sounds like maybe this isn't your your money, or I'm, I'm not clear if it's a partnership, or is this they're it willing is the to pay you money. on it? No, we're paying. I mean, we are paying them out of pocket, their standard fees and stuff like that. But yeah. well, if it was, you know, I'm just being honest. Obviously, we all have different opinions, and I had let's just come up with a number, 5,000, 10,000, whatever that number was, to spend on getting my band out there. I wouldn't spend it. Okay. I I would I would spend it on paid advertising, something like book ads or um keep the cost down and drive people to squeeze me. I know I don't know how familiar with sort of my stuff you are and what I kinda of teach and obviously everyone listening has got different levels of familiarity as well. So just to cover that for anyone who's not familiar, squeeze page is just a term that people use 
for a type of page that is designed to capture contact information or squeeze contact information out of a prospect. And these pages are different from a traditional website in the fact that they, uh, you know, they don't have all the links and bells and whistles and images and uh, music samples and all that stuff that we're so familiar with on a website. They're actually designed to get um, to, to uh, in contrast to that, they have very very little going on. They just have a single page, no links to anything, maybe a sample of some music, often not, more often samples, and instead they have some enticing copy that speaks to someone who, uh, you know, has, uh, it's, that speaks to a target audience and basically tries to convince them that they should sign up for your free track because your music um, is exactly what they're looking for. And what we see in a page like this is usually if it's done right and your targeting is right, we see a much higher conversion rate than anything you would from a traditional website. My traditional website is something like 4% conversion rate, 4% of the people that come to that site sign up. And it's got a very big opt-in box there in the sidebar of every page of the site. My squeeze pages will convert more close to about 30% by contrast. So what uh, that allows us to do is, you know, let's say you're spending 10 cents a click, you know, you could theoretically, and obviously this varies a lot uh, depending on your demographic and, you know, your ad performance and these kinds of things, you could theoretically be pulling in a new subscriber for 33 cents or whatever that works out to. Um, and if you had, you know, even just uh, – uh, I can't quite do the math there. Let's say let's make it easy and say you had three thousand three hundred dollars to spend. You could pull in um, uh, what would that way? I three. Uh, I think that's is that ten thousand subscribers. Uh, I think it'd be uh, a, a thousand. If I'm, or no, I'm, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, but 10, uh, and when you have that email, when you have that ability to uh, communicate with folks you will be much, much higher sales. It's just so much more powerful to sell via email and to build that tribe and to, to build that tribe of loyal people who are paying attention to everything you're putting out to really communicate, ultimately to build a channel um, via email and using tools like YouTube and blogs and social media and all those things as well than it is to rely on things like traditional press and radio. Um, when you have a limited budget, you know, Radio and press are great tools. I'm not saying like that there's anything wrong or bad about them, but I personally see them as something to add to some add to your business once it's up and running and profitable. If I was to sort of start from scratch, what I personally do is spend some money on geo-targeted advertising along my tour route. I try to build as big of a list as I could in each market that I regularly performed in, and I would um, be focusing purely on, on using, again, these sales triggers we talk about, put people on um, discount lists, work out deals with the clubs where you can have big lists, but limit it so that there's a real incentive for people to um, take you up on these offers when you mail them out to come to the shows and, you know, get in for free or, or for half price or whatever you can work out and um, drive people to those venues and, and while selling CDs and everything via your list as well and, and, and cultivating that tribe. And then once you once you have something that's um, that, that once you really mean something in each one of these markets, then you spend money on traditional press and radio, and I think things will line up a lot better. Because, to my mind, unless you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, it's really hard to make traditional press and radio connect. People hear it, maybe they maybe they read a review and think to themselves, "I want to buy that. That sounds right up my alley, and it's really interesting." But then they forget about it because the strength of that impression is just not 
it's not powerful enough. You know, they're driving down, another song comes on the radio uh, when they're driving down the street and they forget about it and it doesn't compel them to take that action that we want them to take, which is to go to the record store. Well, if there is a record store where you live anymore, <laughs> go to iTunes and buy our music. But an email where you um, proposition someone with some kind of uh, direct offer, you know, hey, get my album for 30% off today only or whatever that offer might be, that will are far more compelling and you'll have a lot more of that person's attention and you'll just see better sales. So I, 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 am, I am the guy who went out and spent 20, I think it was 20 or 30 grand, I don't remember, on independent radio for my uh, second album. Uh, and it did nothing. Like I got spins, but those spins didn't amount to anybody going out and buying the album. It was just kind of money wasted. Okay. So that's like not what you want to hear. And maybe it's even <laughs> advice that you, Maybe it's advice that you shouldn't take. I mean, because there are flukes. You know, people have made careers off of putting their own money into radio, and something takes off. It does happen. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's it's trying to accomplish with a small amount of money what the major labels are accomplishing with millions of dollars. You know, it's branding that you're trying to do there. You're trying to so much market awareness that it affects purchasing decisions. And I don't know how much you're talking about spending, but I think it's going to be really hard to do on a limited budget of just a, you know, a few thousand or even a few, you know, 10, 20, $30,000. Um, but you could get lucky. And I hate to be the guy that says, Oh, don't do that. And you go do it. And then your career's, you know, launch the result. It's just, I, I, see what you're saying, though. I definitely see what you're saying. They, though. I, I, they, I see your point. Um, but it is, I, we're kind of using it. We're very much alive man, and we're hoping that it will at least get the exposure out and hopefully draw people. We're more concerned about drawing people to shows right now, I guess you could say, and hopefully it'll lead to that and the music sales from that. But can I, what your budget is, and it's totally cool if you need to keep that to yourself for any reason. Um, it was about, it was about what you were saying initially about 8,000. Right. Okay. Um, you know, if you have the ability to do so, if you can even find a small portion of that, I'd, I'd really pick one city and do some geo-targeted Facebook advertising just simply because Facebook's easy. Um, you know, see what you could do to build a list in one market, you know, make, create a squeeze page that speaks to people in San Diego or what, whatever town you really want to focus on uh, and, and create a, a list just for San Diego. You, you can advertise in pretty close proximity to uh, events. And yeah. uh, work out at the club where you can get an unlimited guest list or something like that, or even just you know a, a discount list. And then once you've got a big enough list, email those people and say, hey, we're doing a, sh a show in three days and we want to put you on the guest list. The, the catch is that I've only got 50 spots or whatever you're able to pull off. So the first um, the the you know the first 50 people to respond will get on that list, and this will give you a chance to communicate with these people when they reply, uh, which helps build that bond and it helps cultivate that tribe. Uh, and, but it also get people hopefully to the shows, um, which will really um, when when you are filling venues, not only does it give you the ability to command a lot of money eventually um, from these you know clubs. And I used to be a club promoter. If, if you can pull in 50, 100, 150 people, you, you're eventually going to be able to command some pretty big guarantees from the venues. They all play pretty tough, but uh, the reality is, is any venue owner or uh, booking agent is they're just desperate to get bodies in there because they get fired if they are not uh, or lose their business if they're not pulling in yeah. um, people to drink. So if you can pull in bodies, um, you can really call the shots within reason at any venue. So 
um, do what you got to do to get those bodies in. And I, I think I think you'd be surprised what you're able to do if you have a targeted list of people living in your area. I think you'll actually see higher conversions than you would on on even selling music because you know everyone's looking for something to do. And if they've signed up for some free music, and, and, and by the way, that's what you're using is your bait to get people to actually sign up. Is you're giving away some free music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but signed up for it. And, you know, your marketing message was was on point in that you were speaking to metal fans and they live near where you're regularly playing. You're going to see some of those people come down. And um, if time and time and time again you're filling that venue, it's going to be really easy to get that press because you know they're going to, want to talk about this band that is pulling you know 100 people in. A, at the local venue, and it's going to be easy to get radio play because the radio station, the local radio stations are going to want to play that band that the press was talking about who's filling up clubs, and it kind of sort of spirals from there. And I just think it's, at least in the in the long term, uh, a safer strategy. But, uh, but okay. they, you know, go for All it. Right. And, and Thank you very much for your help. Appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But just, uh, I'll, I'll add thing on that to actually address your question, which is how to capitalize on it. Um, just make sure that your band name is searchable so that when somebody does go to the internet to find out more about you, find your band and they find uh, an offer for some free music so that they can ultimately get on your list. That's, you know, gotcha. I've had a couple of songs in movies and the best thing you can, you can do in a situation like that is when people do turn to the internet, give them give them that track or give them something for free so that you can get them onto your mailing list because the most powerful thing you can have is a mailing list. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, John. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So uh, who we got next? Scott? Okay. Next up we've got West L.A. Uh, okay. Uh, it's like UCLA. You're unmuted. Hi. Uh, this is uh, Curtis from Los Angeles. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question, I joined in October this last year and really got everything up and running by November uh, with my squeeze page, but, you know, went through the entire course, uh, set up all the autoresponders for about five or six email mails over about a five to six week period. And um, I've written a few articles into e-zine uh, and done uh, a couple of Facebook ads uh, so right now I've had nine sign-ups in my AWeber account and no sales. And uh, I feel like I'm getting a wall. And, and uh, ironically, I was contemplating this when I got your email about this call, so it couldn't have been a better timing. Um, and so my question is, you know, based on what is in the course and, and now your perspective now, it, it, it really sounds like it all comes down to lead generation. And I feel like the, the, I'm, not, I'm not getting any response off the, the uh, articles uh, you know, and those, uh, you know, to have quality, it takes some time to do. Um, it seems like really my only option is to keep uh, throwing money at Facebook ads. And so my question is, what are our best options for lead generation? Is it is it Facebook or what is it? Thanks. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there Facebook, there are absolutely free options, and content creation is one of them, but there are things that people can kind of get wrong. And th there are basically three main areas that there can be problems. You know, you're either not getting enough traffic, um, you're, you're not getting any sign-up, uh, there's a problem with your uh, 
getting signups but no sales, then it's a problem with your uh, funnel. It's the, those emails that go out and the actual calls to action uh, and the marketing. So basically, it's your problems are either traffic, uh, offer, or or so nine sign up can't really uh, you you don't have enough people on your list to really make any decisions about whether or not your marketing is, is good. Um, so the two possibilities are traffic or the squeeze page. Now, um, it sounds like you're pretty locked into the fact that it's traffic. Are, are you still on the line, Curtis, by the way? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I am. Okay, cool. You know, you're, you're breaking up, though. I, I didn't hear you. You were breaking up. I was saying, do you know what your page is converting at? Um, I, not really. I mean, because uh, uh, I well, I mean, the only metrics I have is I spent twenty dollars on Facebook and got three signups. Um, yeah. Uh, if that's nice. yeah, so I don't, I don't have. That's the only figure I have at this point. And that's certainly not going to work. Um, there, there is um, in Aweber. If anyone uses Aweber, Aweber is a email management system. If anyone's not familiar with it, it's the one I use, and you can learn more about it at musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash autoresponder. Um, but uh, Aweber is um, in under web forms. There are some stats. Basically, you create a unique web form for each traffic source, or that's what I recommend anyway, and you can see your unique conversion stats, and that's something that I really want to pretty closely because it'll tell me what my office is working. Now, with Facebook, Facebook really positive, but it can be, um, you know, if you're targeting as people doing their targeting um, way too broad all the time, you know, people will target music fans, or their targeting will be right, a message on the page wrong. So something in that is wrong. The fact that you only got subscribers for twenty dollars spent. I don't know what your um, cost per click is, um, but basically, I I need to kind of take a look at your squeeze page to sort of see what it looks like, what the message is. I, I see a lot of people making mistakes on the squeeze pages, where they're really not speaking enough to their target audience and really speaking to you know no one really needs another download. We don't need um, and, and too often the squeeze get a free download of. And what we want to do with those headlines and that copy on the page is really speak to people about, um, you know, the, their, the, the passions that they have as connected to your particular genre of music and sort of promise to deliver on it. So there, it sounds like there could be something copy on the page. If you want to email that to me at support at musicmarketingmanifesto.com, we'll totally take a look at it and give you some, some suggestions there because that really varies from person to person. But then the other aspect and more specific to your question is traffic. Um, content creation uh, is one is the way to free traffic. You basically traffic but in most cases it either boils down to two uh, fundamental issues. You're either have problems uh, or sorry, uh, let me rephrase that. Traffic um, to get traffic you're either content or you're you're piggybacking on somebody else's content that they've created via paid advertising. So I personally like paid advertising because it's easy and I don't have to sit around creating content or hire someone to create content and it's consistent and I like that. Um, but paid traffic has all kinds of risks and usually people lose money well before they, in fact, almost always people lose money before they start making money with it because you really got to dial in your demographic and you got to do a lot of testing and if, you, if you're not familiar with that more tests up there. It's not one of 
$1,000 before they really dial in a campaign. Um, and so I don't really recommend people start there. I recommend people start with free traffic so that they can figure out what's working and what's not uh, working in terms of their squeeze page. And then once they kind of got that dialed in, they can go and experiment with paid traffic. Um, but again, I, I do love Facebook ads and somebody does have a budget to spend, that is a faster way to go and test their squeeze page. You just really got to make sure things are lined up in terms of your targeting. And I'll give you an example of a campaign that I did. And this is actually something that's the subject of a whole case study in this training module on Facebook ads. Uh, um, basically, uh, I was doing something for alt country music and I had an ad that was um, just a little more general. I don't remember what the old headline was on my squeeze page, but it didn't mention alt country music. It was uh, I was focused more on Route 66 and driving down Route 66, and um, uh, I thought that imagery would would connect with alt country fans, and I was wrong. Um, I was only converting at about eight percent, and then I I simply changed up the headline uh, within my ad and in my squeeze page to use the word alt country and speak uh, it was something it's currently running at something like uh kick off your booth pour yourself a glass of whiskey and listen to one of the best alt country artists to hit the scene in a long time something like that and my conversions went up by uh 30 so if you're if the message on your landing page is not really really zeroed in to your target audience then often conversions will suffer. And again, I see a lot of people just kind of picking, you know, 20 or 30 different interests that they think represent the um, interests of their potential fans and grouping them all into one campaign and having one general get a free download of blank, blank, blank uh, kind of message. And so my guess is along those lines. If, if content creation, you know, is really varies based on one person's sort of specific nuances and where they're publishing. How many articles have you published, for example? Uh, right now, three. That right there is probably one of the biggest problems. I mean, article marketing or content marketing. Um, in Music Marketing Manifesto, the focus is on article marketing. My personal focus is starting to switch to content marketing, and there'll be an update on this fairly shortly. The, the process is still basically the same. It's just rather than submitting to only one article directory, I'm now going out and focusing on guest blog directories and um, uh, multiple article directories, Web 2.0 properties, and just distributing your content around the web as best as you can. Um, but the process is fundamentally the same, and easy an article still gets traffic and all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing really wrong with that. But in publishing articles in any kind of su any successful article marketing campaign that I've seen usually consists of you know dozens, if not literally hundreds, of articles. Because what you'll see in time is that you'll have 10% of your articles that actually take off, ranking for a big keyword, you get a ton of traffic. I've had articles get, you know, 40,000, 50,000 views. Um, and then you have their uh, 20 of your articles that get, you know, a moderate amount of traffic. You know, you might see something, 500, 600 views over time, that kind of thing. And then you'll have uh, a big percentage of your articles that just don't get anything because you, know, you pick the wrong keyword or Google just doesn't like your particular keyword density for whatever reason because, uh, you know, Google's algorithm is always changing. It's quite fickle. Um, and uh, the sites you publish on have a lot to do with it and can vary from keyword to keyword and niche to niche and all, all that sort of thing. Um, you're going to just basically need to publish a lot more to get anything that's going to um, mean really anything. And the fact that you it sounds like you're getting some traffic and you're getting some signups is um, is at least in itself 
somewhat encouraging and shows that fundamentally the or it just needs some refinement to to get it off the ground. So it, it um, took so long to write those three. I guess you know, and try. I don't want to put out just crap. You know, how do you churn through those? I know you mentioned that you can pay people to do it, but uh, you know, and then so well, maybe I should create a pen name uh, so that I don't get my name associated with stuff that I consider mediocre, even if I release it. And I, I think that's fair, and I think that's what a lot of people do, and I've done that certainly a lot, is create pen names so that you can crank out stuff because it is a numbers game. And, um, you know, I'm not really suggesting that you, you do it forever because we're musicians, after all. We don't want to be writers. But um, I can, you know, I, I know that when you first get started, it's, and obviously everyone's different when it comes to writing. We all have different skill sets. But um, when you first get started, they take a long time. Once you've done enough of them, you really get in the flow and you start to sort of see the same pattern over and over again. And it's fairly easy to crank these things out. I can crank out an article pretty easily in 400 words about 30 minutes. Um, and if I really want to take my time with it, you know, then it's an hour. Um, and uh, what I sort of suggest to everyone is that if you just sort of dedicate, you know, an hour, an hour and a half a day, just getting out a simple article a day and adding that to your, um, your, or, you know, your, you know, back after 90 days and, and tell me those steps are not improving. And that's, you know, ultimately the goal. And, and I to you that will be if you're publishing something once a day and just getting more content out there. It's this this web that you're creating. And um, my the way I sort of look back on content creation kind of fast forward, you know, writing an article every day for a year um, and, and having 365 articles out there. If each one of those just got a click a day, now obviously some are going to get a lot more and some are going to get none, but if each one of those just got a click a day, then you'd be getting, in theory, 305 clicks a day. And if your traffic is converting at you know, around 30%, you'd be getting around 100 people, 100 subscribers a day. So it would take some time to get there, but that's kind of the outlook that I have. And, you know, obviously those, those results are going to vary for each person. But the goal is once you see something that's working and you can do the math and you can, you know, really focus in on the subscriber value, you can put a number uh, on your time and you can start to outsource. And, you know, I get pretty darn good articles written on Fiverr, five bucks a pop. Um, Fiverr, if you're not familiar with it, it's where you can get people to do anything for five bucks at I-V-E-R-R dot com, and that's one way to go about it. But um, I like anything because it's a it's a process. I do usually recommend that people kind of do it themselves for a while uh, and get good at it. A couple of tips, other places you can get your stuff published that I'll be talking more about down the line is myblogguest.com and then contentfilitator.com. Those are two basic guest blogging networks where uh, actors who are looking for unique content um, can get to pick up uh, articles and publish them on their sites, and that will uh, help you distribute your content as well. And then there are uh, a million web properties out there like Squidoo and Hubpages and Weebly, and, um, and article directories still work as well, although they are they are slipping compared to the power that they once had. Um, another approach is to create your own niche-specific blog uh, and publish the content on that blog. It takes a little bit of time to get that blog into the search engine. You have to do a little bit of SEO, but um, to, that's a, a very powerful way to go about it. 
implement authority in your own market. And what that would entail is, let's say you're a jazz musician, you'd create a blog about jazz and you'd find some keyword-centric domain. And this could all be done via pen names or not, however you wanted to do it, and just be an authoritative voice on the subject of jazz music and find these keywords, just like you do when you do your research for article marketing, find these keywords that the uh, search fans um, that don't have too much competition. Uh, the lower the better, but of course the higher the search volume, the better. And then you publish those to your blog, and same thing. You know, in time you'll start to see that traffic pick up, and you get your own advertising. The only word of caution to anyone is the more you can uh, diversify, the better. You know, because Google is constantly changing their algorithm up, and they've been a lot this year when it um, changing up their algorithm. They've been, you know, I don't know if you follow us. Your world's been in upheaval the last little while because of all the changes Google's been making. So you can, that, that's why content marketing is becoming the focus um, because that diversity will really sort of save your butt. If Google changes something, you know, easy articles might fall out of favor. You've got this content distributed, uh, you know, hundred other websites, and so perhaps some of those will pick up. And at the very least, you haven't lost all your traffic overnight. And that's kind of the idea. Does that help at all? Yeah, it does. Now, do you uh, uh, submit the same article to all those different sites? Uh, no, I don't do that. There are people who do, and you'll find different different things. I believe in just kind of looking at creating unique content and, and distributing it in one place. Um, the reason being that, uh, and something is played, it it kind of loses favor. Google typically because Google likes unique content. I mean, there's. I'm, I'm trying to avoid getting into a much bigger conversation on duplicate content because everyone's got different ideas on the subject. Um, I believe the strongest path is to create one article in one place, let Google find it, um, build a few bookmarks to it, do a little bit of light SEO, and uh, just kind of get that content out and, and move forward and, and create as natural of a print as possible. Great. Thanks for for all the info. All right. <laughs> that was an abrupt end there, but uh, um, Scott, you you there? Yeah. Yep. I'm here. So uh, why don't we just switch things up uh, uh, for a bit? I, I know there's still a lot of questions. Why don't we take one from the um, you know from online, something that's come on uh, come in via the web, and address that? Okay. Cool. We've got uh, well, we've got one here that's a little bit of a technical question from Vishal, uh, and it's how do we set up an expiry page for three days for each and every subscriber? So basically, how do we set up an expiring page that expires after three page uh, three days? But Vishal's uh, about for anyone who might not be clear. Uh, very often in our marketing, we like to create time-sensitive offers because they're powerful. They force people to sort of make a decision whether or not they want something, and usually when that's the case, um, you know, we see higher conversion. So um, to do that, we want to make pages expire, especially if we're going to add them to our autoresponder series. You know, if we're going to add something to an autoresponder series and Joe is going to sign up on Monday and Sally's going to sign up on Wednesday, um, we, you know, we can't send, it becomes a trick or a challenge, a technical challenge to send them to the same page and have it expire on different days for each person. 
thankfully there's a plugin called um, Page Expiration Robot. Uh, it's a bit tricky if you're not uh, familiar with creating databases and stuff to set it up on um, a static HTML website. But if you have a WordPress website, it's incredibly easy via a plugin that they offer. I think they cost like I think I think thirty or something like that. I think there's a free version and a paid version. Um, the paid version has a clock and the other doesn't. And I use it and it's great. And um, uh, it's it's really handy tool, page expiration robot. If you're using WordPress, you just upload the plugin, enter, I think it's your registration key or a password, something like that, don't recall. And then uh, there's some tutorials on how to set it up. You take a little bit of code, paste it in the page, and you're away. Again, if you're not using WordPress, you can still do it. You, you just need to create a database and do a couple of other things, which if you're not um, too sophisticated with, you can hire someone to do it. In fact, you can reach out to Scott, who's on, on the line, uh, through his site websites for rock stars. And uh, Scott's always really reasonable, and he can help you with stuff like that, I, I assume, Scott? Oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, you guys can reach me at scott at websitesforrockstars.com if you have any questions or anything I can do for you. Cool. There also happens to be a um, training module on that in the Insider Circle, which, again, is my sort of um, monthly mastermind community uh, kind of membership site for musicians, which um, we'll talk more about later. But um, there's a whole training module on that and um, a lot of the sort of philosophy behind the limited time offer and all that. Um, so uh, let's take another call. You want to open up a line? Yeah. Next up, we've got. Uh, let's see. Looks like looks like the name might be Rebecca. This is coming in from Oakland. So Oakland, you're live. Uh, hi. How's everyone doing today? Can you hear me? And how are you? Oh, I'm great. Great. Um, awesome. I'm I'm a recording artist, and also I'm managing my daughter, Shardell uh, Sessions, and, you know, trying to do things on the independent way. I used to be signed before back in the day, but things didn't happen as far as exposure. I got a lot of that, but no real money or anything else. So, you know, of course, trying to do it yourself, but even though I have major distribution online, you know, I'm trying to go about how to, you know, really get my name along with my da my daughter artist name branded and um our music you know really heard i mean i'm going for radio air ads um with a couple of companies online and a lot of things are happening with my videos cuz i've had a an ep that came out last year september through my distribution company um and i had two videos done so now one of my videos is being uh, well, both videos are being, you know, um, are going to be on BET and MTV, and one is being viewed for BMA Music Video Awards on MTV. Um, so uh, I'm grateful for that. But in the meantime, while working that and my my songs being added to radio airplay, my daughter, I'm trying to really focus on hers as well, and just trying to think of ways to brand her name and mine. I mean, we're using social media, Facebook, Twitter, and any other sites. And I got a lot of people coming to my website, but I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm still missing some some things that I'm not doing to help her and I. Sure. Um, okay. Well, uh, the term branding, you know, it can mean a couple of different things. Traditionally, when we talk about branding, we're talking about the the branding that um, 
major products do and even the major labels do. That's where, again, you try to create so much market awareness that it ultimately affects purchasing decisions. And in short, meaning you just get your music in front of so many people that eventually they go, they think to themselves, uh, you know, I want that. And they open up um, iTunes or, or maybe when they're browsing iTunes, they think back to the three times they heard your song or saw a poster or, or saw you live or whatever that exposure was. Uh, and they ultimately make a purchase. Um, but it doesn't actually, um, that type of branding puts all of the burden on the consumer. It doesn't, there's no actual selling taking place. So I'm kind of the anti-branding guy in, in terms of that approach. I don't think that independent artists are uh, well served to, to um, approach their careers that way because it's just, you can successfully do that when you have millions of dollars to spend, but it's nearly impossible when you have a small amount of, amount of money to spend unless you target a very small market in a really smart way. Um, but branding in terms of if you just mean um, building an identity for your, you know, the, um, your career, that type of branding is sort of really more akin to tribe cultivation, um, letting people know who you are, what you're about, um, and let them lock into you as a human being um, more so than just a, another product on the market. That type of thing, um, that type of branding sort of takes place with, uh, I think, y your imaging and your site design and your photo shoots and all those kinds of things are one element, but more specifically and more specifically as it pertains to your eventual sales is just how you communicate with your list. I, I think musicians, they get really stumped, and I can relate to it, they get really stumped when it comes to communicating with their fans because... Uh, well, actually, I don't really know necessarily why, but they get really stumped when it comes to communicating with their fans, and all we seem to be able to do is put together emails that say, hey, I'm in the studio again, or hey, I've got an album coming out, or hey, I'm performing live. But what we really want and what's really going to get people engaged is the sort of story behind the music and the the, um, the, the, the world that you sort of represent as a human being. We want to um, become you know, when we follow artists or follow even products or anything for that matter, um, you know, all of us probably subscribe to some kind of a, a mailing list or something like that. And we respond to leaders. We respond to people who really kind of report in from the front lines of a world that we're passionate about and interested in. So be, that type of branding comes down to um, really, really locking into who our ideal customer is, who our, our ideal fan is, and what traits and interests they have in common. And then taking the elements of our own lives that line up with that and then drafting messages and focusing on those elements in our tweets and our Facebook posts and our um, email messages and our blog posts and all of that content that we put out. Because that's ultimately what you're trying to do. You're trying to create a channel that people uh, stay engaged in. And much like a television channel, you know, we we tune in for the television shows because we're interested in them, but it's ultimately the commercials that run the day. You know, without those commercials, there would be no television shows. They're what make, you know, what keeps the lights on, so to speak. And that's the same thing kind of for with our music and an online marketing strategy is that we are um, creating this content or we need to be creating this content, this channel um, that keeps people engaged enough that when we do send out these promotional or marketing messages, um, they are paying attention. They are behind us and they are willing to buy. Now, I'm not totally positive that's what you meant when you asked your question. I, I kind of get the vibe that maybe you just meant sort of more getting your music out there and building that base. Um, 
you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my advice there is sort of what I was saying earlier to the past callers, just um, I would really focus on creating a lead capture form of some type, giving away some music for free in exchange for an email address, driving traffic, building that base, and then really um, starting that communication process and learning a bit about um, direct response marketing and, and, and those those pretty simple selling triggers that ultimately result in a lot more sales. But um, the biggest mistake that I see people doing is they kind of have all of these elements. They have a website, they have a Facebook page, they have a Twitter account, they have a YouTube page, but they're not really gluing it all together. And to me, that glue is the email list. That, that The email list captures the most uh, attention. Um, social media is for hanging out. You know, uh, um, blogs people often don't have time for uh, and and they don't come back and check. Very few of us subscribe to RSS feeds if we're even really interested in something. So that email that, um, and that newsletter that's constantly going out that um, keeps people not only engaged with you, uh, you as a person but keeps on reinforcing that, that brand, that good type of brand that we were talking about via all of those channels that you mentioned earlier. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything that I should be doing that I'm not, you know, doing or locked into to make sure that her music and my music is both really getting out there. I mean, it's 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 only been a year for, I mean, my stuff just came out my first EP September of last year, and then December 15th, my LP came out, and hers just came out in November, so it's still fairly new. You know, but I mean, I've been around for 17 years as far as me as an artist, um, be it that I was back in the day signed with a major. But again, I'm starting, it's kind of like starting over again, just doing it in the indie way, even though I have a, a distribution company label acting as a label on our behalf, you know, just trying to, because I'm just, you know, very passionate when it comes to my music and my artist's music as far as us being, you know, an artist and getting it out there. I know tons of music out there, you know, and how do we really get ours kind of like, you know, you know, no, I mean, how, how does how does iTunes pick up? How does Amazon pick up? How, how do you, you know, how do they gravitate sales, you know? Well, each one of those platforms sort of has its own its own answer, um, but my focus is really not on those systems. My focus, again, is on sort of direct marketing, and um, so I, like, on my release, I mean, I don't know for certain, but I doubt I'll even release it on iTunes, at least initially. Like, I want to control the selling process, because when you push sales through those platforms, I mean, there there are smart reasons to have those accounts for the, the you know, for, in, in terms of pulling, they are large search engines into onto the onto themselves, and so it's nice to have a presence in those places, but in terms of sales, all you're really doing is sending your customers to somebody else. Amazon owns those customers. iTunes owns those customers. They control, you know, they follow up with them and and market additional products. And they make that money, and that's where the real profit is in most businesses, and, and music is really no different. And so I like to sell everything through my own system. So, you know, if you're asking what might you be missing, I mean, do you have a email mailing list, for example? No, I I don't. I mean, I have a I have just some emails, but not actually a mailing list. I'm not sure how to go about that. Sure, that would be um, probably the 
biggest thing that you're missing, or if there's one thing, and I get asked that question a lot, like if there's one thing that a musician can do to further their career, what would it be? And I, I always answer, get a good uh, email management system. You, you really need that. They cost a little bit of money. I think they start around 20 bucks. They go up as your list grows, um, but you know your earnings go up as your list grows, so it sort of cancels itself out. But I use a company called Aweber. I like them a lot. Um, and again, if you you want them out there's a, I have a link to a dollar free trial that you can go to via musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash auto responder a u t o responder. I'm sorry, you saying um, it so fast. I wanted to write it down. So musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Festo forward music marketing manifesto. My site. Oh, how do you? Dot com, that's oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you spell that manifesto? M A N I F E S T O. Okay. Dot com. Dot music marketing manifesto dot com forward slash autoresponder A U T O R E S P O N D E R. Okay. And that takes you to it all our trial of, of Aweber so you can check it out. But they have just an one, their deliverability rates are, are, are um, you know, top. They're an industry leader, and they have the tools that marketers need as opposed to musicians. There are a lot of tools that are out there for musicians, and they're fine, um, but I really, you know, I like the tools that are designed for marketers because I'm, uh, you know, about selling, and there's just a lot that most of those tools that are designed for musicians just simply can't do that I, that I want them to do. So I, I like Aweber. They are a industry leader with direct response marketers. So I, I recommend them. But there are other services out there that are good as well. Um, so you can check them out. But that's the, that's the number one thing that um, you can be doing. And I would really be shifting the focus of everything you're doing. Everyone focuses on getting more exposure, quote unquote, but I would be focusing on building your list. Everything you do, think about um, all that energy that you're putting out there, those shows, the content, the blog post, whatever it is you're doing, the, the tweets, and put all of the emphasis on building that list. So if you go out and you do a show, make sure you, you give people an opportunity to get on that list, whether you're saying it from stage, hey, sign up, you know, go to this website and get a free, uh, my free, uh, my single for free, you know, whether it's that kind of thing or passing out cards or flyers, just put all of the focus on that mailing list and build that mailing list. And from there, you can start to communicate with your fans ultimately sell. Well, that right. sounds great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for that call. Um, let's take another one, Scott. That's cool. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Kendall in Chicago. All right, Kendall, you're live. Hey, Kendall, you there? Hello. Hello? Hello? Ah, you're on the you're on the call. Hello. 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 Yeah. Do you have a question for us? Hello. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we're having technical difficulties. With that one, we'll go to uh, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, you're live. All right. Hello. Beverly Hills, we 
can only see where you're on. Yeah, we have three one oh seven three four. Are you with us? All right, well next up we've got San Antonio, Texas. Uh McClendon, are you with us? Hello? Can you hear me, John? Are you with us, John? Hear me all right? Uh, I got you, John. You got me? John, are you with us? hear me. There we go. All right. All the beauty of the live, uh, live webcast. And uh, assuming you can hear me, yeah, you're on. Can you hear me, John? I can. Scott, can you pipe? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting in uh, in and out here a little bit, honest, John. Uh, but I think as long as you can hear uh, McClendon, you can go ahead and uh, Ask your question. Okay. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, you got me okay? Uh, I, yeah, I can hear you, all right? Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I get just about everything that you're talking about here with these, these uh, new tools. Uh, would you mind giving us your thoughts on um, older musicians that do not want to tour but want to continue to put out records, uh, including maybe even a group of, you know, uh, songwriters um, that want to focus on songwriting and as well as putting out uh, uh, CDs or material and uh, and how feasible that is in you know to uh, prosper in that in that idiom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I that answer, I just want to make sure the audio is working there, Scott. You can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. If there are problems, suddenly disappear, um, and, and, then, and I, I can just try calling in from a different or something. Uh, and, uh, you can on that for as I am, and certainly anymore. And the kids. Attempt to answer this, and if it's still bad, we'll call for another line. Um, but uh, I'm in that same same camp, um, tour, and that's really the beauty of this entire system that I'm talking about. Is everything is done online, really, to uh, technically leave your own bedroom if you don't want. All you need to do is communicate. Everything is done digitally. Everything is done online, and it's scalable in a way you can't. Even do one person, the offline And so, uh, again, I kind of want to get some concerns about the audio. Can you hear me all right? Coming through? You're, it, it almost sounds like there's a gate that is opening and closing on your voice. Right. You know what I'm going to do? Uh, Scott, 
Take over for just a uh, second here. I'm going to call in from the line. Maybe just stop on that. I'm, I'm not catching you. Can you jump in here for a second while I call up another line? Yeah, sure. This, um, so, McClendon, you're asking about uh, ways that you can uh, really kind of market yourself without touring? Yes, and, and uh, you know, focus on, on still creating product, songwriting, and, you know, as well as a, a group of, um, uh, you know, local songwriters kind of bonding together and using, you know, using our studio to uh, create records and, and get stuff out there, not only as our own material, but also possibly, you know, to sell uh, uh, songs to other artists. Okay, so, so you're looking to sell songs to artists as a songwriter and and also to market to fans, is that right? Yeah, yeah but but also, to, you know, we are, we are also independent um, artists uh, as well, so... Uh, you know, uh, using using the song to market under your under your own name and put out on your own record, but also, you know, to sell uh, your skills as a songwriter. On, on top of that. All right, John's back here. Uh, can you guys hear me? Okay now. Okay. There we go. Right, so, uh, so. so while, while you were gone, John, uh, we were just clarifying that uh, that McClendon is looking to uh, market himself as a songwriter to artists as well as to fans. Right. Well, the songwriter artist question is a good one, but it's not really my area of expertise. Um, I focus more on marketing to the consumer. Um, you know, in theory, a lot of this stuff is applicable to um, a lot of areas like that because it's still ultimately. Uh, business building and using and selling triggers. I mean, it applies to a lot of different areas of life, actually. But that's a bit broad and a bit tricky, and I don't really have anything um, too brilliant to add to marketing to other artists. I mean, from my experience, most of the progress that I've made on that front um, is always and, and music licensing and all those kinds of things that fall more under the songwriter, you know, professional songwriter, publishing kind of umbrella. Uh, they've all just come from networking, you know, real-world stuff where you're getting out there and you're making those relationships and communicating with people and getting in front of them uh, regularly enough that when they're actually looking for something, you're the guy that they think of. Um, it, it's, it's, for me, it's been a pretty different process to um, that of selling to a consumer. You know, selling to consumers is scalability. It's, it's selling triggers. It's um, supply and demand, and you know, while I suppose theoretically all of that exists when marketing to other artists, I, I think there's a lot more going on. That's um, just uh, you know that, that really wouldn't uh, for which what I'm teaching and discussing wouldn't really apply. Sure. So, um, sure. Well, well, we still. The, I mean, we still wanted to sell to a customer base. I was just trying to include another leg of that as a possibility of selling. Uh, selling songs, but but the, the most important focus of the question, I think, is the fact that you know we're just not touring and, and probably don't see that happening in the future. But still, very accomplished and you know viable artists that want to write and record and and sell product. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Um, you know, with direct response, your your ability to sell is really going to just come down to your ability to communicate with your list and build a bond and do all those things with your 
communication. That can be email. That can be blog posts. That can be video. You know, it, each of us is different. You know, some of us flourish with video. Some of us flourish with text. Um, but your sales are going to all boil down to a the size of your list and b your ability to communicate with with that list. And anyone can do that. And no, none of this sort of real world triggers really apply. You know, all that. In the, in the real world, it's you know you, what you got to be 17 these days. You got to have a TV show. You got to <laughs> be the flavor of the month, and all this stuff that really doesn't apply when you're dealing with direct communication. You know, um, and that's what I really like about it. And so age really isn't a factor. You know, that matters when you're spending a million dollars on a uh, national or international branding campaign. But it really doesn't matter when you're targeting other people that are in your demographic. You know, um, and communicating to them in an authentic way because they're still, you know, I don't know what your age is and I don't know what the age of your demographic is, but let's say you're 50 or the age, average age of your demographic is 50. I mean, that's still a huge market. They're just maybe not as hyperactive of a market as the 17-year-old crowd is when it comes to music. But when, you know, that's irrelevant to us who's trying to make, um, you know, uh, a living off of a much smaller a number of people. Um, the thing I would add, you know, the, the nice part of touring is that it does allow us to use these lists that we're creating and to use all of that energy that we're, or money that we're spending on the front end and profit off of it on the back end. You know, you can make a lot of money off of a show and by simply sending out an email or maybe even doing house concerts, you could, you could bring in several hundred dollars off of a, a single conversion, which ups your subscriber value significantly and allows you to go out and pursue other forms of advertising. Um, for anyone who's new to those terms, subscriber value, you know, the, the value of each subscriber. So let's say you've got a list of 1,000 people and you made $1,000 over the last few months, then your subscriber would value would be $1 per subscriber. And knowing what that number is is crucial because then you can go out and explore advertising opportunities because you know that you can afford to spend, say, 50 cents acquiring a subscriber. Um, in order to make, you know, 100% return on your investment. And so that's kind of, um, sorry, this is, I'm completely, <laughs> between audio problems and jumping phones, I'm completely scattered right now and trying to <laughs> pull it back together. But that's kind no of worries. the name of the, the game um, there. And where, where was I going with that, Scott? I've completely lost my train of thought. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm actually uh, flipping through some other questions here, so I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. No worries. But um, oh yeah, touring. Gotcha. There we are. <laughs> the beauty of live events. Um, the <laughs> the problem with uh, the the plus of touring is that you can insert a lot more money into your funnel with touring than you, you can with just selling a single CD. So what I would recommend is that you find some kind of an item that you can offer those people after they've purchased. Or, or even down the line via a promotion, say, let's say, you know, uh, $50 all-access pass to some kind of a, a membership site or an online database or, or of all your music. You know, the idea is that someone just said to themselves, hey, I spent $10 on this guy's CD, and I thought that was a good value, or they wouldn't have purchased it. And now you offer them, you know, five CDs worth of music for just $20 more, and you'll see a pretty consistent and significant number of people taking you up on that, and you'll get that big boost of income that you need to make um, a lot of that paid advertising work. That's kind of the trick, and what a lot of people don't realize about paid advertising when they start playing with it is that very often, and in, in many markets, people are 
just breaking even, if not even losing a little bit of money on the front end. You know, they're losing money to make those sales, but what they're doing is profiting on the back end. It's that upsell and that, um, you know, those additional purchases that a person will make down the line when you promote shows and other future albums and these kinds of things that is where your profit's actually going to come from. So it's going to okay. be damn hard to profit. Uh, or even break even if all you're selling is a $10 product and you want to get into paid advertising. You know, for those who don't want to have that upsell, you can still make it work with driving the traffic yourself um, through SEO or content creation. Um, but if, but I, I personally think paid advertising is the real end game. That's where you need to ultimately be if you're going to achieve the scale that so many of us are after. And in order to uh, make that work, you're going to need some other products in your system. So if you're not going to tour, I would just say make sure that you have some kind of an upsell or some kind of an, ad uh, uh, an additional product, you know, that you can charge a lot more money for. And more so you money. can get those, you know, $50 or several hundred dollar conversions. Yeah, merch is an example of one, and it has its place, and I would do it. But, um, but even so something that I don't personally think merch is a – merch is something that the, the real fans buy – but it's not necessarily something that you can make a great logical um, push for. The, the, the psychology behind an upsell is that, you know, when we before we buy, there's a lot of resistance. We reject uh, or we, we have this inner dialogue that, says, you know, tries to talk ourselves out of making a purchase. You know, it's part of our survival mechanisms. If we didn't have that, we'd fall for everything and be constantly eaten by lions or whatever. Um, uh, you know, whatever the challenges would have been to the old cavemen that are our ancestors. So we uh, have this psychological process that goes through all of the potential dangers of taking an action, and we try to talk ourselves out of something. And so once you've successfully overcome that, a person, they've logically made a decision. They've made the decision that your 10 songs are worth $10 or whatever it is you're selling and whatever it is you're charging. Um, and uh, with the idea with the upsell is that you take that same logic and use it to your advantage. You, you've overcome buying resistance with a lower price point, and now you offer them something that costs more but is an even better value than what they just purchased. Um, you know, there, there are other thoughts behind an upsell as well and other angles one can take, but the, the easiest way to look at it is like that. So if 10 songs are worth $10, then certainly 20 songs would be worth $10. And in order to say no, uh, I, you know, I don't want that upsell, they kind of have to work against the logic, you know, or the work against the decision that they just made. And um, while that certainly happens, um, you'll, you know, it, it's a difficult place to be in psychologically or subconsciously or however that's all taking place. And you'll see, a, again, a pretty predictable number of people that take you up on an upsell. And usually we're seeing 20, 30 percent. Um, you know, well, I, I'd say actually a range is probably between 10 and 30 percent if you position it right. So, okay. um, and I think you can do that with music, but I think merch is a little bit trickier. I think merch is something, you know, <clears throat> it's a different type of product, and it's something that the diehard fans would want to buy, but if you really overcame resistance and made a sale using selling triggers to a to a new prospect, it's going to be, I think, a bit challenging to get that new person who said, okay, I'll take a leap of faith and buy this guy's album to say, sure, now I want a T-shirt. You know, they're not going to want that T-shirt till they're a big fan. But that being said, uh, once you've got a lot of customers on your list, I think you probably do quite well introducing a T-shirt to those people. Got you. That, that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for being part of the call. Um, Scott, how are we doing? We've been running now for an hour 
Uh, well, I'm trying to re- you know, subtract the 20-minute false start that we had there, an hour and 20 minutes, and you know we're going to keep going for a while, but it looks like there's quite a few questions in there. Um, so we should probably start trying to, or I should probably start trying to pick up the pace. I tend to run on a bit. So uh, coming up, I give you guys some quicker answers. Um, forgive me, just trying to run through a lot of questions. So let's go back to the, the ones that have come in online and take up uh, one or two of those, and then we'll go back to, to calls. And if anyone's joined us late, if you have a question and like to be part of the call, you hit start two to raise your hand. If you've already done so, then you don't need to do it again. Um, if you do it again, that will lower your hand. So uh, make sure you don't if you've already raised your hand. <laughs> we see a bunch of you there in the queue. And if you're online, you can ask a question via the uh, little Q&A box that you should see there on the left-hand side of your screen. So, so um, Scott, why don't you shoot another question at me? Okay, this one comes in from John in Littleton, Colorado, and his question is, what is your take on how to zero in on a target market on which you can build? Let me sort of take that question in. Um, can you say that one more time? Essentially, it's how to zero in on a target market. Uh, okay, right. So, well, target market, you mean tar- target audience, I presume it means? Like if you, say, make country music and you want to zero in on those country music fans, I mean, it's pretty simple. There's two types of ways that I'd go about it, at least. There's one figuring out one's interests and um, demographic information, and then the other is what their search queries are. Um, one way that I like to do it to really, you know, uh, well, backing up a bit, there's a little bit of common sense involved. You know, if you are making music for that market, then you probably are already tapped into the passions and interests of your market. So, uh, you know, like I'm making kind of alt-country music these days, so I would know that other people who like alt-country music like people like Johnny Cash and Wilco and that sort of thing. So right there I'd have two potential interests that I could um, I could connect with groups on Facebook that were fans of Johnny Cash. I could find other blogs that wrote about Johnny Cash or rockabilly or alt-country music. Um, I, uh, but I'd also be interested in demographic information, like what is their sex and what is their age. And one thing I like to do, because I often, you know, we all do, we assume things of our market, and sometimes we're just wrong. So once you get enough subscribers, let's say 100, 200, 300 people on your list, I create little surveys and just send them out and ask the questions that align with whatever it is I'm trying to do. So if I'm trying to do Facebook advertising, I'll take all of those options uh, that are available to me in Facebook and just make a survey out of them and ask my list, uh, you know, what their age is, what their relationship status is. Uh, I mean, you might tone it down a little bit, um, you know, because you want to make the survey fun as well. People signed up to a musician's list, not a, um, you know, some corporation's list. But, uh, you know, tr- trying as best you can while throwing in some color and some fun with some other questions, um, ask, just survey them. You can do this with surveymonkey.com or even just a uh, Google Doc. Google Doc allows us to create surveys, and it's really um it's really handy and free. Uh, and just get the answers that you're looking for. Figure out what the average age is. Um, figure out what the average sex is. And then start looking at your buyers too, you know, because um, people often say things that aren't true. Um, like I find that my average subscriber is a guy, but I have uh, about equal number of buyers that are men and women. So I'm finding that women are buying at a higher percentage. And if I really wanted to spend my money wisely, that would tell me that, okay, I could just spend money um, you know, acquiring female subscribers, and I might do better. So that's one way to target in on it. If you're trying to target in on keywords so that you can go and create content, um, 
then you would go and use Google's free keyword tool and type some root keywords, something like alt country or whatever, you know, uh, rockabilly in, in the country, you know, the alt country example, type in that root keyword. And then um, Google will give you uh, up to 800 other suggestions of keywords that are related, and that'll that'll give you some places to start in terms of creating content so that you can get your message in front of people via the search engines. Um, and I'm just trying to think if there's anything I'm leaving out of this. Uh, you got anything to add to this one, Scott, before we move on? Because it's a good question. Uh, no, not really offhand. Um, I'm just going through some other questions here, so, so I wasn't really uh, thinking about it, but I think that uh, that pretty much covers everything that uh, you know, everything I heard sounds like what I'd be thinking about. All right, cool. Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's basically what I do. I, I think you know, it's, it's going to take one point away from that. Surveying your actual customers is a really smart thing to do because that'll get you um, the the real information, uh, and then you can go and build your campaigns around that. Because often we think we know who our buyers are. I thought my buyers were a lot younger than they were initially, uh, and I found that I do much much better when I target older uh, an older crowd, for example. And so. Um, just simply asking people who they are, what they like, is a great way to kind of skip all the nonsense and um, get you the best return on your time or money. Um, Want to shoot another one at me, and then we'll go back to the phones? Yeah, we got one from Linda in Toronto, and she'd like to hear more about the benefits of blogging and vlogging. Blogging and, if you will. Yeah, yeah, sure, video blogging. I mean, the benefits are obviously, well, they're twofold. They're, you're, it's content, and you're getting that content distributed, or at least presumably you are, across the web, even if it's just a YouTube channel. And so people are, are using YouTube's search engine or maybe even just Google to find the videos. Um, and in that content, you ultimately refer to your offer, your, your music. Um, so that's the obvious benefit. And then the other is relationship building. Um, you know, this is I talked about earlier the channel, creating a channel. Um, that's really our goal. We're just trying to be engaging enough and create engaging enough content that we can justify the handful of promotions that we're going to send out each month or even each year. Um, and so, uh, video is a great way to do that, particularly for those who don't like to write. You know, I like writing, so I think text works well for me, and I, I see that um, my things seem to do better when I put things uh, onto paper. But others aren't comfortable writing, and for those, I think video is great. It really doesn't matter how you get your message across. It just matters um, you know, how you get it out there. In terms of benefits of blogging, I think it's the same thing. Um, get, you're distributing your content ultimately, um, and you're building a relationship. So um, when you are creating it, think in those two terms. If it's building a relationship, then I think it's sort of obvious, and it changes from artist to artist um, in terms of what you need to be doing. But if it's exposure, if it's, if it's traffic, then you just want to be thinking in terms of keywords because uh, obviously Google is the largest search engine on the planet and YouTube is a huge search engine. There's a lot of search activity taking place there in that search box on YouTube and you just want to be thinking in terms of keywords and creating content. You know, Most of us, we might make a music video uh, and then call it uh, whatever the song title is, but no one's searching for that except their most dedicated fans and in that instance, we're just preaching to the choir. So while there might be a place for that video out there that is using your song title as a video title, you're not really going to pull in any new tra traffic, which um, you know is certainly what we want. And I'll give you an example. I made a video years ago with a, uh, a 
friend of mine, you know, putting on a wig and, and dancing around and making a ass of himself, and we thought it was quite funny. Um, and we put it on the web, and I just titled the video. This is years before I knew all this stuff, and we titled the video after the song, like you do. And, and it actually got a fair amount of, of traffic and views. Um, but I would have done far, far better if I had just called the guy Fat Guy Dancing or something else like that that had more search engine appeal for all those people that are sitting there um, trying to fun, uh, pull up you know, funny videos or uh, had I called the video Dancing Mullet or whatever because he, he had a mullet wig on. Anything that you know, represented search queries, and I would guess there are probably a lot of people searching for the word mullet to have a laugh, um, and that's kind of the idea there behind creating content. So um, innumerable benefits and you want to be doing one or the other, either creating regular blog content or um, uh, vlog content, if that's what you want to call it. Um, fair enough. Scott, that was your cue. <laughs> so, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, yeah. Um, just take another uh, phone call when you're ready. All right. Let's go with uh, Marietta from California. 951 number. Uh, Marietta, you're live. Hey, well, what's going on, John? What's going on? Hey, how much? How you doing? All right, this is good. This is VJ. Oops, I lost you there. VJ, I'm sorry. Yeah, my phone clicked. But it's VJ, uh, performer, Decagon, a.k.a. Gon. And uh, <laughs> I've been on the call since, you know, uh, even for the... Uh, first 20 minutes of silence or classical music so <laughs> we've c pretty much covered everything i don't i don't uh, you know i just uh, what i wanted to talk about we you pretty much discussed which was like a uh, uh road uh, forward uh, like a map to start uh, i just picked up um millionaire backing and this this is somebody who made their millions uh doing super sales and doing uh, direct marketing and doing a home shopping network <laughs> and doing QVC and all of that, and that's how they made their money. And now they're back at me, and this has just happened basically since Christmas. And I was just looking for a uh, road forward, you know, how, you know, where should I start, what should I do? Uh, you know, I've got an album out already, and, yeah, of course, used uh, iTunes and all of that. And, uh yeah, but um, you pretty much covered everything. I <laughs> I, okay. I got a team with me, and they've you know they started writing down, taking notes on everything that was talked about and discussed. So, uh, awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the call, and and happy happy I could help. And um, you know, thanks for being a part of everything we're doing over here. Really appreciate it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, besides that, uh, what if somebody wanted to uh, maybe uh, have you directly involved? in helping their marketing and, and all of that. Is that possible? Do you do anything like that? And I can imagine the cost would be <laughs> substantial. But uh, um, you know, yeah, I get I get a I get a couple of emails each day with that request and honestly it's just a time thing. Like nothing sounds more fun than working directly with other artists. It's just a time thing and um right. you know I got a lot on the plate. I got several different businesses and all that, and um, there are huge commitments to something like that. So I kind of right. theoretically tell people, um, you know, uh, I do consulting. You know, I do do consulting offer phone consultations. Those are easy enough to set up, um, and that can be organized via just emailing support at musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Um, and they're a bit pricey. I charge 100 bucks an hour. 
uh, for those, but that that's available to folks um, who you know kind of need some private one-on-one -on -one assistance and uh, actual looks at what they're doing. Um, there's also the insider circle though, and that gets you these coaching calls where you can kind of accomplish the same thing for anyone who's interested. Um, but uh, taking on a complete campaign, um, it, that's a case-by-case -case basis. I just tell people to email and based on availability, like it would it would run in the thousands a month and it would just totally depend in terms of what a person was actually looking for. So I, I kind of try to turn them down, to be honest, just because of, again, that availability and the level of um, time requirements for something like that. But, you know, it's conceivable and I have done it and I do do it here and there, but usually more in a limited capacity these days um, where I'm just kind of helping out with some email copy or something like that as opposed to managing a complete campaign. Um, yeah, but I, I'm working on some turnkey solutions, though, for folks who kind of really want to, um, you know, not really have to think about all the tech side and have most of it done for them. So that's in development, and it's my next big project, but it'll be some months away. Sound okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to jump because we got um, a lot of hands still raised, and I want to get to everyone, but I, I do appreciate you being on the call. Um, so uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with everyone while everyone's still here is, you know, I had just mentioned the Insider Circle, and it's come up a couple times in this call. I've got what the Insider Circle is, if you're not familiar, it's a uh, mastermind community. Basically, I've got musicmarketingmanifesto.com, or sorry, musicmarketingmanifesto, the course, rather, um, and that's sort of my primary course that teaches you the, the fundamental strategy for direct response marketing that I use and have used and recommend that other people use. Um, and and it's a, I think it's a great resource for anyone who's interested in everything that we've been talking about today. But I've also got um, the Insider Circle, which is kind of for people who want to take it to the next level or just want to engage in regular training. Um, the uh, what you may have noticed if you've been with me for any time and you happen to log on to the site today is without warning I raised the price. Um, it's been traditionally uh, a lot cheaper, but I just doubled the price more or less to $47 a month. But I'm going to give everyone who's here today a chance to get in for half price, or not quite half price actually. It's about a little more than a. Uh, 40% off and get in at that original price, which is only $27 a month. Um, and that's only going to be available for uh, a very short while. Um, and again, it's just sort of something I put together for you guys because I sort of changed that pricing up without giving anyone any notice. Um, if you want to get that, you got to go to a special link. It's uh, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Uh, and there you'll see a video that will tell you all about what the Insider Circle is and what you'll get. There's something like 18 months worth of training in there. Um, and uh, it's, I think it's a kick-ass value for 27 bucks. But in addition to that, you get these regular coaching calls like the one we're doing today where we can talk directly about whatever you're doing with your music. Uh, and there are insider interviews, there's a music marketing library, and there's just a ton of resources. So again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taking this offer down. It's just something that I'm putting up uh, currently while we're doing this webinar um, because, again, I did you know, kind of change the pricing without giving anyone any notice. And you know, depending on how things go, it may even go up again. But it's currently, if you go to the site, you'll see it for $47. But if you go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount, you can get it uh, for a huge uh, 
a huge discount of only $27 a month, and you'll lock that price in for, for life. So uh, check that out if you're at all interested. Um, is there anything else to cover on that? Oh, yeah, there's no actual – you won't see in the video that's on the site, you'll see the new pricing of $47. But if you click the um, button that takes you to the order page, that's where you'll see the, the price decrease in case there's any confusion there. So check it out if you're interested. And it's like I said, it's full of – a year and a half's worth of past training lessons that you can get instant access to if you if you're interested. That's kind of my baby, the Insider Circle. I really really love that community of musicians. There's really nothing else like it on the web, and um, uh, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully a few of you are uh, interested in checking it out. So um, with that said, how are we doing on time? Um, uh, we're we're running along here. We got about a half an hour left though, and it looks like there's still plenty of calls in the queue. So why don't we uh, take another call, Scott? If we don't All right, next, let's do it. Next up, we got Bakersfield, California, six six one number. You are live. Bakersfield, you with us? All right. Looks like maybe they've stepped away. Why don't we take another call, Scott? All right. We've got Katie, Katie in Brighton. Katie, you're live. Hey, Katie, you with us? I can't hear this coming. No. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Okay. Last call, Katie. Can you hear us? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How How can we help you today? That's really weird. We just um, I didn't realize we were on proper um <laughs> Skype. It's uh, actually, you, I'm, on, I'm on my girlfriend's computer. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> she's called Katie. She just walked. She's just walked in. She's been out, and you're like Katie from Brighton. She's like, hello, every joke. <laughs> I didn't realize it was I on. I didn't realize. Well, I what, what, was was your, what was your name? Who 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 am I talking Andy. to? My name's Andy. Oh, hey, Andy. Hey. Uh, yeah, anything uh, we can help you with? Sorry. Anything we can help you with today? Yeah, for sure. I was just wondering because um, I basically, I don't know, maybe two years ago or more, bought the whatever it was, your um, music marketing package then. And uh, I built like a little site and things like that. And I, I completely come from the same sort of angle as you is the um, importance of your, you know, in the health of your mailing list and stuff like that. Sure. But what I've um, what's happened to me and the but the band are doing really really well. It's me and and I'm in a band and blah 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 and that's all going great, you know. And we just literally um, we're on the verge of signing a very small but significant to us um, deal to release our album, which we recorded all ourselves at home and um, and things like that. But obviously in Brighton, I mean, you may maybe you know Brighton, but it's. Um, it's got a great music scene. There's loads of bands here and stuff. But um, really, what we've got with our email list is it, initially I managed it all from Yahoo, and I did buy a um, subscription to Aweber initially, mm-hmm. like when I first start, bought the course from you, and that was it was really really good. And obviously, all every single email that came into that was like a really good email and blah blah blah. But I found myself getting emails from loads of almost um you know like not as as 
good places, if you like. I got them from other people's mailing lists in chunks and stuff like that, which I know a lot of people do because I know a lot of people in, you know, whatever different involvements in music and stuff. And they all do that. They all like get chunks of email lists from each other and stuff. And they just whack them all into their onto their list, you know. And I'm wondering right. whether I'm wondering whether you've got any sort of advice on how you could go about turning that um, into like a, a healthy list. <laughs> um, just so I want to make sure I understand. You're saying um, people are basically scraping your email address um, from various places, and then they're just sort of spamming you, or well, what well, are you it's saying? Well, the other way signing? around, really. We our, our list is made up of a lot of people who who didn't opt in and ah. uh, but they are music fans because they're from sort of other people's lists you if you, if you see what i mean right but because they're unfamiliar with us i guess from the offset um i'm just wondering if there's a, a way that you could um i don't know through some series of emails or whatever um get them to sort of you know have an interest in what you've got to say Sure. Um, yeah, I really do believe in kind of, you know, con consent marketing and opt-in marketing, making sure that people actually opted in and want what you have, not only because, um, you know, there are some pretty strict spam laws out there, at least in the U.S., but also just because it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't really work unless a person is actually engaged and actually interested. You know, they have to really kind of know who you are, and it's just sort of like building a real relationship. You know, you, there has to have been that initial meeting on the web where where a person said, oh, who is this person? I'll, I'll give them my email address and see what they have to offer, and then you build that relationship from there. So I think that lists like you're talking about, and, and you're not alone, like a lot of people have lists like that, and years ago I did the same thing, because every musician sort of does that stuff in the early days before they sort of get sophisticated with this kind of marketing. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it, it just was pretty, I think those are pretty low value lists, and there's not a lot there. Um, unless somebody actually gave you their specific email address to get more content from you. Um, I think that, you know, if you wanted to try to salvage something from it, my best advice is to get a proper email management system like an Aweber and then use whatever you're doing, if it's Yahoo or however you're sending out email addresses, and hit it pretty hard for a couple of days by offering free stuff. Um, to get people, you know, basically promoting your squeeze page and and starting that relationship over again. Um, yeah, that would be my only real advice. So try and almost email them all individually, kind of thing. Well, I'm not sure. How do you do it now? Just the the old school sort of copy and paste 50 emails and kind of into the into the blind copy box and send it that way. Well, I've actually been using Mailchimp because I, oh, okay. I, so I used Aweber for ages, and I just I found mm -hmm. that. The band wasn't further enough, far enough along, really, at that point, to, right. to for the outlay. You know, I couldn't justify paying for the subscription to Aweber when we re really didn't have anything to sell that we were happy with. You know, that we wanted to promote sure. our band on, and we're now in that point where, because um, yeah, I feel like you know we're getting closer to it now. I think it's quite important. Like our list is quite good, and I know there's a lot of people on there, but even people that that are on there that that I know you know, that I personally know, I don't think they open our emails because I just don't think they have any idea what to expect or, like, where the connection is between that email meaning something about our band. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, and unfortunately, unfortunately, you are going to see a pretty big loss when you organize it all and, and try to start doing it properly, but I don't think there's any real 
way around it. Um, most people, and I was one of those people, you know, I, I had had um, never worked the mailing list prior to learning about Internet marketing and all that stuff. You know, I had, and it, I kicked myself as the biggest pain in my creative life because I had hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on my career, and I did nothing to capture that attention while it was going on with Interscope yeah. and later Warner Brothers and all that, all that radio play and MTV play and Rolling Stone magazine, all that stuff just wasted. But I did, you know, occasionally, like, my, my mailing list was you had to email me and ask to be on it. It was, like, incredibly laborious. But I still get the occasional person who did it, and I think I had, like, 600 people in the same exact thing you're describing. Like, you know, it was, I would just put it in a spreadsheet and paste it into Gmail. And, you know, we're talking, like, five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and and send it out, and I would just get this, you know, just dismal response to anything I was doing. I never emailed the list. I didn't do anything with it. And then when I finally got organized, got Aweber, and started doing it, I uh, think that translated into 60 people. And, and I think I actually emailed my entire personal emailing list, uh, email list, which is probably about a thousand people or something like that. And just you know, 60 people is all I had to show for hundreds of thousands of dollars in a major label career. Mm. Uh, it was. It was Pressing is all hell, um, but you know now it's in the tens of thousands, and um, yeah. the rest is history. You just kind of gotta bite the bullet. Yeah, and I to... recommend people kind of spend one year's worth of Aweber because that fee, and I, if you're like me, it nags at you. You know, like twenty bucks a month or whatever. You know, depending on the plan, it's really upsetting to see that charge come in every month. So I just recommend yeah. people buy a year's worth. And yeah, it costs a little bit of money, but you do get a big discount, and then you kind of sit on it. Um, oh, what, you mean like buy a year's subscription? Oh, with Aweber, and, and again, that link, if anyone wants to check it out, go, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash autoresponder, and you'll get um, an additional discount through that $1 trial that they offer. But you can pay for an entire year at once instead of um, just going by the month. And Like I pay annually instead of monthly, and you get like two months free when you do it that way. So you get, you get this nice chunk of money taken off and then you don't have to think about it for a year and if you view it like that it's something like I can't remember if it's 140 bucks somewhere in that ballpark and um, or 160 bucks maybe I can't remember and yeah. you don't really have to think about it and that gives you a year to make that back so if if you tell yourself okay I got to go and sell you know 10 or 15 CDs to justify this um, autoresponder then you got a year to do it and you don't have to think about it for a while. And if you haven't done it after a year, then something is sort of seriously wrong. So that's that's my outlook anyway. All right, cool. Um, oh yeah, and that, that's that's all really cool. I was just gonna say, just going back to what you said a minute ago about the um, about offering people free stuff. I think yeah, I agree with that as well. Like I, I'm, what I'll probably do is just go through my really shoddy list and try and offer them free stuff. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until we've got like all of the rest of the album stuff happening because I think it will then look like a bit more interesting to a lot of people on there, you know? Cool. And if you can if you can spare the time, what I would do is once somebody does opt in, just take that email address, you know, export everything each day or something, uh, or even just manually take them from the notices to come in and then remove them from whatever old system you're using. That will allow you to hit a lot heavier with that old list without annoying the people who are actually paying attention. Yeah, for sure. All right, and what was – just tell me that link again for the old uh, – it's um, music, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash autoresponder, A-U-T-O, responder, and um, that's the dollar dollar trial offer. Bro, all right. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. Nice one. Cheers, dude. Cheers. 
All right. So um, we've still got um, some time, and we've got a bunch of calls still here, people with their hands raised, um, doing our best to get through these. Um, tend to be a bit long-winded with some of these answers, so I'll, tr I'll try my best to burn through all this. Scott, you want to fire another question up? Yeah, next up we've got Juliana on Skype. Juliana, you're live. How are you there? Uh, hi, it's Juliana. Yes, hi. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. This is a great call. Thank you very much for all your great advice. Cool, absolutely. Thanks for being part of the call. Um, how can we help today? Um, so, so um, I'm I'm a DIY artist myself. I've been an independent musician for for some years and doing a lot of the things that that you recommend. Um, and it's it's all brilliant advice. And and what what I've actually done is is um, built a platform for artists like myself to um, earn money from regular income from their music and um, really nurture a growing loyal fan base from their fans. And it's it's a platform called Imbeso, Imbeso.com, um, and um, artists can really um, do a lot of, use a lot of really cool tools on there, and I just wondered if you have advice on, on what the best way to reach out to artists and tell them what I'm doing and, and give them the, the opportunity to use all those tools too. What, what would you recommend as the, the best way to, to contact those artists and, and let them know about this great thing that we're doing on Embeso? Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, obviously, I remember you from our emails. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, sorry, I'm, what was it, uh, Juliana? Right. Yeah, that's right. 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 Um, Juliana's got a service that allows people to set up. Um, uh, and she can probably tell you more about it, or you can go to her site and check it out. Um, and Beso.com, but it uh, allows you to set up membership sites and um, sort of handles all that for you. Uh, so uh, that's what she's talking about, and um, basically, you know, what you're trying to do is basically the same thing I've done with Music Marketing Manifesto, and you know, what I've done largely for this is a combination of paid advertising and, uh, well, actually, it's mostly paid advertising. There is some search engine optimization, and there's certainly a viral component. When I put out content, people share it. Um, but my only real advice is kind of come up with a clear offer that, and and really try to. Um, build an authentic relationship with people. I really try to kick ass anyway with quality and content and taking care of people and being responsive and you know answering 100% of the email that comes in and all that stuff. And just one at a time, you just build a community. Um, and I've done it mostly for paid advertising because it's easier. Uh, I know that you approached me about a potential JV. That is um, a smart thing to do. You go out and you find other people in your space and you email them and you let them know what you're doing. Um, you know, I could possibly give you some more pointers that I probably wouldn't want to give on the on the call, um, just because they're specific to your business. And if you want to fire back that email, we could keep that conversation going. But in a nutshell, that's all. It's the same exact stuff that I'm advising musicians to do. You go out and you find your target audience, and you either create content for them uh, and get it distributed, or you um, advertise and you pay to shortcut that process. And the only caveat there is you got to make sure that you you've got your funnel. Um, you know, well, well established and defined so that it's profitable and you don't actually lose money. And um, Facebook's great in that way because you can kind of test things pretty quickly. And if you can profit with Facebook, then you'll usually profit even more with other forms of advertising because Facebook's a real, you know, it's a so social hangout and it's not really the most conducive to sales, but it certainly does work. Um, I do a lot of it, um, but I find it converts actually not quite as well as some other mediums. So if you can make it work for you, then you'll do, do 
well in other mediums. It's a great place to test because for just a small amount of money, you can get those first few hundred people into your system and you can find out whether or not it's it's converting. I think, you know, if I'm to give you just a couple of, well, not even tips, just my perspective because it sounds like you know what you're doing. Um, my only feeling was it took just a, a tiny bit of, you have this great professional video, but it did take me a little bit of work to find things like pricing and um, I think there's a little more that maybe someone like you could do to kind of just reach out and grab that person who's on your site and pull them into a more personal relationship and, and start a dialogue and give them additional information and tips and things like that um, that would help them regardless of whether or not they ever become a customer. Brilliant. That Thanks very fun. much. And that's that great to see pricing because it's, it's free to the artist. So I guess it's, it's really important to make that really clear on the site. So thank you. Yeah, actually, I didn't get that impression. I assumed it cost money, and I didn't take the first step of signing up. So I never got to see. I expected pricing to be on the second page. So Okay, so great. You thank you. And, and one cool. of the things we've been doing is we've been inviting artists to um, apply to be showcased at um, we're presenting at Midem Lab. We're one of the finalists for that. Um, presenting to top music industry executives from from all around the world, so we wanted to to really get the word out to artists that that they can apply to to be part of that showcase to get that kind of exposure for their music. So I'll definitely be using some of your tips for trying to get that message out to artists. Cool. Well, um, sounds good, and I absolutely wish you the best of luck with all that. And I'm cool. Sure Thanks, and it'd be great to continue the conversation by email as well if, if if you wanted to share any of those other bits that you mentioned. Cool, absolutely. Fantastic, thanks John. Great, thank you, take care. Alright, so um, moving through some phone calls, want to fire up another one, Scott? Alright, next up we got Lobo Les in Houston, Texas. Lobo, you're live. Okay, hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you doing? Good, good. I have a few questions. Uh, one of them being... Um, when you're planning a new CD or DVD project, what are the essential cost factors that should be included in the overall budget? I'm sorry, can you repeat that just one more time? Okay. When when anybody, an artist or a, a performer or, or whatever, is planning to record a new CD or a DVD, mm -hmm. what are the essential cost factors that should be included in the overall budget? Like, mm, you that's know, a good question. And... and uh, something I probably should have thought more about, but I don't have a stock answer. I mean, let's think. You know, you've obviously got physical manufacturing if you're going to do that, and then there's certainly the recording and um, mixing, mastering, all that sort of sort of stuff. From a marketing perspective, there aren't actually that many costs. I mean, we're talking about web hosting and email management system. Um, you know, you're talking $30 a month there. Web hosting shouldn't cost you more than... Ten dollars. You can actually. Scott's got a company. I host musicians uh, that does hosting specifically for musicians. He's got some pretty cheap plans. Um, what's your cheapest plan, Scott? Uh, so depending on how long you um, sign up for, three dollars and change per month. That's for the uh, okay. economy plan. And, and if you've just got one website, that that uh, will certainly do the trick. Okay, cool. So, you know, not a lot. Uh, email management systems, again, I can't remember what Aweber's starting price is, but I think it's around 20 bucks. Um, and that will grow as your list grows, so you might want to factor some things in there. But um, what else? You know, there there are inevitably tools. It depends how you're going to be taking orders. If you want to take them through your own system and your own credit card processor, there can be expenses there. I use one shopping cart. I think that's... Um, 
think the base charge is $35, if, you know, um, but you can do everything through PayPal if you want, and there's no expenses there. If you get a credit card processor, uh, the base charge is usually about $30 a month, and then you've got um, per-transaction fees that are pretty minimal, about $0.25. Cents. Um, but again, uh, if you do it through PayPal, then that's not an issue. Um, if you're going to do things like CD Baby, um, to get your music distributed digitally, where I think what is it, 50 bucks or something like that, um, to set up an account. You know, it's a, it's a series of small charges like that that you probably would be well served to sit down and, and write them all out. But the fundamental ones that I can think of would be yeah, that that digital distribution fee, the um, hosting, email management system. Uh, if you, you probably would be well served to get a, a designer on board, you could hire someone like Scott. He's pretty inexpensive at websites for rock stars dot com to just do customization. You know, there's plenty out of the box solutions, that, so you could avoid that cost. But um, you know, should, it wouldn't need to cost you more than a couple of hundred bucks for something pretty tricked out, actually. Um, or you can use an out of the box solution, um, and it won't cost you anything. And then, and then, you know, like we talked about, you got uh, manufacturing is really going to be the big one. Or sorry, the recording is actually going to be the big one, and then, and then manufacturing, you know, would cost you something. Although I think so much of our purchasing is taking place online. I wouldn't go out and spend a ton of money on on physical CDs. I'd start pretty small, you know, a few hundred, and go from there. Unless you had a big budget and knew for a fact you were going to be able to sell more. Advertising, aside from those things, would be the big um, budget for me. Uh, I have actually thought a bit about where I want to spend my money on my next album, and. It's almost all advertising. That's where I would I would try to dwarf your recording budget if you can with money on advertising. It's it's and again depending on the scale of things that you want to try to accomplish. Um, I plan you know, to sell. Gonna, uh, I plan to sell that? the. I plan to sell these CDs or whatever some in person at my performances to my sure. crowd and sometimes online. And I imagine online would be more sales, right? In in percentage wise. Uh well maybe not actually I mean if you're out there touring I mean touring and performing is a great way to sell music particularly physical items so if you're setting up an online marketing funnel then yeah you should be selling more product online however um, physical CDs I wouldn't be shocked if you sold more at events um, most of my sales are digital these days so that's Correct. where I see the sales coming from at least in terms the, of online stuff the digital medium has taken over and CDs and DVDs I think. A thing of the past, getting a thing to be a, a thing of the past. Yeah, I think people like to take home physical items from from physical events. You know, that's sort of a keepsake. They like to walk out of that show with something to, to hold in their hands and remember the event by. Um, maybe get an autograph from the artist, that sort of thing. But uh, but online, especially you know when you're using selling triggers to get people to take action, I think I think more often than not people are going to go digital. So yeah, I, I I wouldn't sink a ton of money into manufacturing because you can always place an order for more copies and nothing feels better than selling out. Um, but uh, but advertising would be the one thing that most people don't consider that I, I would really would try to find some room for because you can um, really fast track the entire process um, by getting, you know, that initial 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000 for that matter subscribers on your mailing list. And, and as we've said a number of times, your sales are always going to be in direct proportion to the size of your mailing list. So so right. the number of people that come to your shows and really just everything. Well, to have a, a, a website with lots of color and eye candy and audio and video and photography and, and communication and squeeze pages, 
that would be the key to have something that is attractive and uh, meets your target audience's uh, desires. Um, yeah, so, but it doesn't take a lot because distractions on the website, too many bells and whistles act as distractions and are only going to sort of cause people to do things that you don't want them to do. You know, you don't really want them to be, um, I mean, an existing fan is one thing, but you don't, you don't want a new prospect to be sitting around clicking on images. You want them to be um, buying and, you know, or evaluating a potential purchase. Right. And so, so it doesn't actually require a lot in terms of design. It, it, a pretty simple framework can accomplish everything. You know, my squeeze pages are very bland looking, and that's all by design. And my um, official site or whatever you want to call it after people subscribe is just a WordPress blog, and you can you can use just about anything. A custom header and a out of the box template is usually enough. Um, I've actually got some solutions coming. I had Scott uh, design a WordPress template um, for me. Uh, for to to sort of help facilitate this whole music marketing manifesto theory or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's not available yet. But I'm working on trying to get that out in the next couple months, and so you can keep your eye out for that. It'll be a WordPress theme that would accomplish everything. Give you these order pages, websites, uh, blogs, everything. Are there any uh, plugins or like you might say templates for musicians like myself? I'm a keyboard player specializing in jazz and Brazilian and R&B and that type thing and standards you know, a Harry Connick type thing or, uh, you know, Oscar Peterson or Herbie Hancock or George Benson or whoever. There, now, I, I'm not, I'm you know, no, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with the kids, but I'm dealing with a mature audience that are crazy about what they want to hear. Sure. Um, There's certainly a lot of WordPress templates out there uh, for musicians. Um, so many I couldn't, I couldn't cite one particular resource. All you'd want to do is, search for a WordPress template for musicians, and if that was giving you too many paid options and you didn't want to spend money, you could try free WordPress templates for musicians. That would be for, they, for blogs. WordPress would that? be for blogs. WordPress, well, uh, WordPress is a blog platform, um, but the word blogging kind of has a, a lot of people confused. It still has the old connotations of a, of a journal of sorts, um, and I, I definitely you know recommend you have that and you use that, but WordPress can really be done for anything. I have e-commerce stores, you know, like Amazon or something that are run off of WordPress. I have uh, websites, I have squeeze pages and sales pages and all kinds of things that are run off of WordPress. So WordPress is really just a content management system and you can design it to do anything. Although you're probably not going to find a template for musicians that has, say, squeeze pages and order pages and all that kind of thing. You'll find a template that is designed for musicians, but it functionally is just a blog like you're, you know, traditionally familiar with. Um, but like I said, I've got I've got one finished. I just don't have it sort of packaged up. I've got a WordPress template that can accomplish um, all of that all in one place. And again, it doesn't have the bells and whistles and the design that you're probably um, imagining when you say a template for musicians, but that is sort of all by design. I find that that stuff um, mostly acts as a distraction. Um, and so I go for a very clean sort of white sort of nothing distracting kind of look and then you know you can add a custom header for that little bit of flavor that you want to give your site but um, uh, unfortunately it's not currently available but I'm working on getting that out as soon as possible okay you had mentioned something about uh, not trying to piggyback on places like amazon.com or itunes.com or whatever because you're basically driving traffic to their sites not necessarily to us but right. you said to be be more self-reliant on driving traffic to your own site and not get them distracted to go elsewhere. Right. And I understand that, and I understand the full value of building a 
a fan list, email list, and getting onto Aweber and, and using that as, a, as, as, your, uh, as your software platform uh, or your email programming. Um, but, you know, besides selling CD albums or DVD productions, uh, I also do perform. I, although I'm trying to perform less and p produce more. Uh, I'm big on, on, on arranging, marketing. I'm big on arranging and, and composing new songs in the genre that I do. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, cover tunes, which, by the way, leads me to my next question. Um, when you're doing a cover tune album where you have compositions by whoever uh, and you've got ten tunes uh, and you're doing a demo, you don't necessarily have to go through uh, uh, a permission agency like um, Harry Fox or something like that to get permission or get pay so much per song, or, or do you have to? Um, to use a cover song, and I'm sorry, I missed a little bit about to, to release it on an album. Did you ask? Yeah, let's say you're releasing yeah. an album of cover songs, and I love uh, composers like Jobim, people like that, Antonio Carlos Jobim from Brazil, or whatever. Or let's say it is, uh, uh, you know, Joe Sample, or let's say George uh, or George Duke, or whoever uh, has written some songs, and I'm wanting to reproduce them with my own way. Do I have to contact them individually, or do I not need to do that too much if I'm going to do a limited edition of a few CDs? You don't need to contact them if you're not changing the lyrics, at least per my understanding. Um, however, uh, you do need to pay a royalty, and there are a couple of services. I haven't checked out songclearance.com, but that's one. Um, I think uh -huh. it's, I'm just double-checking this as we talk, I think it's Limelight that I'm familiar with, and you can go and just buy a license. and. I think you can get going for as little as fifty bucks. Yeah, uh, let me just—I'm just clicking through here to make sure I've got the right URL. Okay, never mind. Songclearance.com is Limelight. It looks like they've changed the URL, um, and you can look up pretty much any major song that's been released and go and just buy a bulk license. And you know, what are you paying ten cents a song or something like that? And so, if you were going to go and uh, as far as I remember, uh, if you're going to go and release an album of, or say a thousand albums or something like that, and you have one cover song on each, you need to pay a hundred dollars, um, and then you could just kind of take care of that right there, and it's pretty straightforward and simple. So just check out songclearance.com; they've got all the information. You know, I'm certainly not a lawyer or, uh, uh, or particularly versed in publishing, so you might want to read all the info that they have there on their site, which would which would take care of that. But um, that's the solution that I've pointed clients out of the past, which has resulted. And you say that's typically about uh, ten cents per song, or ten uh, per, per album, or the ten or the ten dollars per song. Period. Ten dollar, uh, ten cents per use, uh, or approximately. I don't even know what the current rate is, but so if you're using a song once on an album, then you'd be paying for, uh, I believe. And Scott, do you, do you know if I have the prices right on this? You know more about the current rates on this stuff, but I, I believe that's approximately it. Yeah, I haven't known the rate in a while, but the way that it was going up, I would project it's probably about that. It sounds about right. Right. So yeah. So if you had a in, Entire song of um, cover or entire album of covers, you'd be looking at about a buck, approximately, give or take a little bit, that you'd have to pay in licensing for each one of those albums that you put out, which is not bad at all. One buck and for each album of ten songs. One dollar would cover you for ten song, ten cents a song. Up again, approximately. Right. And right it okay. also, just real quick, it, it also depends on the length of the song. I think it's a, a little bit higher if it's more than five minutes. Right. There you go. That's right. I see. Okay. 
Um, how about if I was going to do some original tunes, what is the due diligence task I need to ensure copyright to protect my songs from being plagiarized? Um, you know, I'm not a particularly paranoid person when it comes to copyright stuff, so I'm pretty lazy about it all. But if I am putting out an album, I do technically go and file it with the, you know, the copyright office, um, and you can just Google that. I don't actually. Rem I think it's copyright.gov. I can't remember. Um, and it's twenty. Well, actually, it was twenty bucks a long time ago. I don't know what it is anymore. But um, technically, American law guarantees the right, uh, the rights to a work to the author of that work. The challenge becomes proving it if anything arises. Um, but, and, and I, I don't know, I've just, it's so easy to kind of rewrite something and so rare that someone's going to, um, blanketly rip you off that I, for one, don't worry about it. I know a lot of people have differing attitudes on that, but, you know, it's so cheap to protect yourself that it certainly is worth going and submitting something before you release an album. Um, but that's, that's pretty straightforward and pretty simple. And uh, you wouldn't, uh, uh, in other words, if it's a, if it's an instrumental or a vocal or either one or both, uh, copyrights can be established in either case. Yeah. Even even an instrumental, they'll go by the song, uh, the the music sheet printed out of it, or a chord chart, or a recording of it and sent by by digital medium. You know, I'm not. I'm actually not up to speed on all the specifics regarding um, printed music versus the sound recording, but I know that you can certainly copyright your work uh, with an instrumental. Okay. Um, and uh, you, you had mentioned uh, not to be dependent upon CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, Reverb Nation, and stuff, YouTube. I was wondering, because I thought that's one of the major things uh, that help you sell more albums, like even YouTube, you know, you have a... Well, what certainly what I'm saying is a bit um, outside of the box in terms of the common attitudes. Everyone is going to iTunes, and everyone wants to be on iTunes because that's where they see everyone else releasing their music. And these are powerful search engines, and so it, there is a place for them, and it, and it pays to have your music yeah, in those networks to some extent. However, on a launch, you know, the initial release of an album where you really um, – and when and and even in an automated sales funnel where you really need to be making maximum profit, you know that we talked about upsells earlier and selling additional items after someone has made that initial entry level purchase, you know, of a of your presumably your most recent album. Um, it, I don't know the percentages on this to be honest, but I guarantee you a percentage of your people when they're interested go, you know, I do want to buy it, but. I don't want to buy it from his site and pull out my credit card. I'm just going to open up iTunes and buy it there. Well, you've now lost the chance to, um, you know, close that sale, get that contact information, um, and uh, make an upsell. Now, if we see, say, 20% of our customers taking us up on that upsell, uh, and let's say we lose even just 10% of our uh, customers to iTunes, um, because our music was available there as well. Now, you know, over a thousand or two thousand customers—that's a lot of money that we've lost on on potential upsells. And more than that, when we don't get that email address following the order, we can't move them from our general prospect list to our um, customer list, and that's a big factor as well. With something like Aweber, you can automate everything so that when someone signs up for your customer list, they are automatically removed from your general prospect list. And this allows you to send promotions to people who haven't bought your album and maybe market a little bit heavier and a little bit harder to those people than you would to the people who have already bought something in the past. Because you know, you those you gotta really treat those customers like gold. You don't wanna 
irritate them with constant promotions, but um, those general prospects who signed up for some free stuff and have never purchased, you know, I don't want to say that we should go and you know, spam the crap out of them because that's not the goal either. You certainly want to be tasteful and respectful, but, you know, you, you shouldn't be afraid to push a little bit harder because at the end of the day we're not trying to build a mailing list. We're trying to sell records. So you can't do that if you um, are making all your sales via iTunes and Amazon. But um, certainly there is traffic on those sites, and particularly if you're releasing cover songs and things like that, then you know I think that there is a place for that. But what I plan to do with my next release is stagger it. I'll, I'll initially release it through my uh, own system, and then maybe a few months later, I'll I'll put it out on iTunes, you know, so that I've got that presence there and that those long-term customers and people who find me down the track through other channels can ultimately purchase my stuff there. But when I'm really going for that big first month of sales um, where I'm trying to re get that return on all my advertising money, I'm going to be um, doing it all through my own site and my own system. Uh, do you do you personally uh, do country music or something? No, well, my current stuff is pretty alt country. Like this new album I've got in the can that's not out. It's sort of alternative bluegrass. The last thing uh -huh. I put out was kind of more alt country, but prior to that it was rock, and and prior to that it was more of a sort of pop folk kind of thing. So I've been a little bit all over the the, the charts. But I'm a singer songwriter at heart. It just sort of depends what producer I'm working with and you know what avenue I kind of feel like going down as a solo artist, you can kind of reinvent yourself with each album. But at my core, I'm, I'm you know, a big fan of Dylan and Johnny Cash and those kind of guys, so it's more singer-songwriter-y stuff with a, with a country lean. What, what can you expand on, 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 uh, on titles of an album? Let's say you have uh, you and uh, somebody else that's doing the album together. He's a singer and you do everything else, let's say. Uh, would you name it, let's say there was John and Jack, right? Would you name no? Let's say John and uh, and uh, and uh, John and Susan, uh, the two people involved. Susan is a singer, and John does everything else. Would would it be would it be would it be a good idea to market them together as one name, as the jazz duo, or John and Susan, or um, or in other words, how would you also distribute the the money part of it? When the money comes in, and would you form a corporation or some type of agreement that uh, they they share in the profits because they put their effort into it, or should I just pay them to be here for two hours or three hours, finish the album, and they're done with it? Um, I'm not 100% sure I followed all of that. You're saying you want to? Can you try to explain that again? You want to bring somebody in to just play with you, and you're not uh, to perform with you, and you're not sure if you should just pay them or if you should cut them in. Uh, as a partner, right, exactly. Right, um, I would try to just pay people for their time. I wouldn't want to have a partner if it was just somebody that I brought in as a studio musician. Personally, I, I want to be able to make maximum profits, and I would hope my profits would be a lot more than those you know, standard rates. So, no, I would if they're just a session player, I'd just pay them, and I've never brought anyone in as a partner for well, but, you know. On the other hand, if you've had a team of people, like two or three people, that have worked together for 20 years together, and people always look at you as a team, then does it make sense to have one name like the Beatles, or uh, one name like Prince, or one name like uh, something like that to identify those three people as a team? 
if you're if you're an ensemble, if you're a group, um, then certainly I think uh, I think a name, you know, that comes down to sort of artistic branding. Um, but yeah, I would I would come up with um, something that you can brand yourself with and that you know market yourself um, under a heading as opposed to being three individuals that are you know all have their names listed on one album. That that, that would be my approach anyway. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm looking at the clock here and we are um, running out of time and there's still some hands okay, up. Great. So if you don't mind, I'm going to jump on and. Thanks so much Absolutely. for sharing. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for being part of the call. Um, so, Scott, I'm looking at um, the questions here, and we don't have a lot of time. We've been running for quite a while, but uh, I want to. I really want to try to get through all these people that have their hands up. So um, let's just kind of, if you guys listening don't mind, I'm going to kind of just do, um, you know, rapid fire if I can. I'm terrible at that. I always run on and on. But um, let's try to do rapid fire and get to these questions and try to get through everybody before we sign off. Um, that sound good? Cool. Let's do it. Uh, Brian in Indiana, you're up. Hello? Hey, Brian. How's it going? Good, good. How you doing, John? Good, good. Thanks. Uh, just calling in, man. I'm a former student uh, musician, summer school, and I've uh, done a little insider circle stuff with you. And uh was just wanted to check back in with you and see how things were going. Uh, I had been talking with you. I was doing some direct marketing to truckers with some of my music. I don't know if you remember. I do. I think uh, you had the squeeze, squeeze page, which was all sort of set up uh, for the, the yeah. trucker thing, right? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I remember that. You did a good job of that. Yeah, stuff, How's that going stuff for is it, it's going really well. Uh, I mean, it's a slow build, uh, still kind of tweaking my targeting and stuff. And I was just kind of curious. Uh, I didn't know if you'd ever pulled the trigger on your on your alt country release. I kind of caught that you weren't you hadn't done that yet from the last caller there. But uh, just kind of curious how that was going for you if you had and. Yeah, no, very excited about it. Um, still have not. I just, you know, the sort of part of the course is always behind on everything. I got a plate that's ridiculously full and just had a, a baby daughter, uh, uh, two kids now, so going kind of nutty with that and then the holidays and, you know, the endless list of excuses. Um, but, <laughs> no, it's it, it's on the plate, and I, I I would be shocked if I didn't get it out this year, although I, I've right. said that before and then it not come out. But, no, it's it's definitely on my mind. And I've actually got one legal issue i got to clear up where I did a cover of something and changed the words and um, didn't know that you can do that without getting per, uh, permission first. I thought I could just pay the full royalty um, and just, you know, give away my all rights and I'd be fine. But I couldn't, so i got to try to sort that out. Um, yeah, do they consider that a derivative work or – yeah, I don't remember the exact terms, but um, I, right. but for whatever reason, you're not allowed to do it without permission. So it's a Warren Zevon cover that I changed the words to. So I'm trying to sort that out, um, and hopefully that'll get resolved. And then I just gotta get off my butt and um, find enough time in the schedule to set up the campaign. But hopefully I'll have it out this year. That's certainly the plan, um, and it's it's one of the handful of projects on on the slate right now. But no, it's not out yet. Right on. Well, I, my. Big question I want to ask you. I'll make this quick because I know you got a lot of people to get to. Um, I was just kind of curious of, my, uh, like, with the Facebook advertising, which was kind of the focus of the the summer school program mm -hmm. that we talked about, and some of the things that I was working on. And right as we were kind of getting through that, was when Facebook was really rolling out their promoted posts and their, you know, their their mobile advertising kind of stuff. And I, I just wondered if if 
in, from your perspective, if you feel like any of that has changed any of the the approach as far as you know work in Facebook in terms of advertising or it hasn't changed mine, but that doesn't mean that there aren't new opportunities out there. I just haven't really explored some of some of them. Um, I'm still just doing the straightforward pick a precise interest and advertise and get right. as targeted as you can and you know everything that you learned in that in that in those lessons um with that said, I have been you know paying attention to some case studies and talking to some other folks that you know do this stuff and um there i am i am have been sort of thinking about playing with doing some fan page advertising and um largely so I could do those uh sponsored stories and things like that. Um, right. Although you know, in the past, I've never been able to get advertising to Facebook fan pages to convert so well. Um, but right. you know, I've got some ideas on that front, and I plan on playing with it at some point in the not too distant future. And certainly, if I get any interesting results, I'll share it. But um, yeah, it's, it but seems right like now, it's tougher than ever. I mean, I've I've got you know, I've got one group with like 2,700 likes, and and then my my biggest group on the label I'm working with, we're up to almost 6,000 likes, but. Like you said, the conversion, uh, it, it's weird with all the edge rank stuff. It's like, you know, you, you post something unless you sponsor the post, then, you know, like a sixteenth of your audience is, is actually seeing that in their news feed, and it's kind of kind of taking the teeth out of, out of Facebook in terms of, of marketing, you know, just on the pages themselves. I mean, it's not necessarily from the advertising, you know, the paid ads, but uh, it's just kind of I didn't know if there was anything else on the radar people were moving to or anything like that. I mean Google Plus really doesn't seem to work the same and people don't seem to have taken that up like they did Facebook, so Yeah, there's stuff, you know, a lot of people are talking about and I am here and talk about those those um sponsored stories and things like that, but I, I haven't been, you know, diving into it yet. I, I tend to um sort of stick with the real meat and potatoes of advertising and kind of wait around for everybody else to spend their money and figure figure it out, um, you know, right. occasionally playing with something here and there. But um, I'm interested in um, sponsored Twitter tweets as well, but haven't gotten around to uh, testing it or anything like that. For me right now, oh, really? I, I didn't realize they were doing that on Twitter yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember uh, if it's all that easy to get involved with right now or if it's something more open to major brands. Last right. I checked, which is a while ago, there was a sort of application process. I don't know if that's opened up any wider or not, but, but right. you definitely can get sponsored sponsored uh, tweets. Um, I saw it in a sudden really effective way where I had um, I had gone to Twitter to search about my web host because it was down, and I was searching to see if anyone else had had any problems with it. And clearly, this company, that was GoDaddy, had um, bid on the keyword DreamHost, which is who I use. And uh, so when I searched DreamHost through the search feed, the sponsored tweet that came up right at the top was, you need a new host, and you can go to GoDaddy. It was quite smart. And you could imagine oh, yeah. all kinds of applications for musicians who could use something like that. But um, but I had not played with it yet, and I, I'm not sure how available and accessible it is. I don't think it's as accessible and open to the public as Facebook, but that, that may have well, changed. right. So right now my focus in terms of paid advertising is all just Facebook, and again primarily because I'm lazy and it's easy. But there's um, yeah. other stuff out there. I've done a bunch of Bing stuff recently as well. Um, Bing is easier than AdWords um, and a little bit cheaper, but um, Facebook there's just so much more traffic that I've been happy right. with it. Cool, cool. Um, well, man, so, I'll, so I'll why don't you jump off your, here, but uh, 
Yeah, that. why don't you folks, uh, give folks your squeeze page address because you were a great example of someone, if I remember right, you set it up and got a certain conversion rate, made some tweaks and got that conversion rate way up. Is that Yeah, that yeah, it's it's um, it's a pure, P-U-R-E, grain, G-R-A-I-N, music.com, uh, forward slash, give me one second here because i got to look at the URL myself. Sure. I can't remember if there was a dash in it or not. Uh, it's truck if you're not sure, well, you might be you might be well served to go to GoDaddy and pick up uh, or whatever you're using as a host and pick up a ten dollar domain that's real easy to say and just redirect it to your squeeze page. So for opportunities like this, you can spit it right, right, yeah. It's it's puregrainmusic.com forward slash trucker tracks. Cool, um, but yeah, I thought you did a real good job with that, and um, I liked how Thanks. you actually went back to the drawing board and did some tweaks and got got better results. Um, you know that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing first. ongoing Sorry. process, so it's uh, it's getting there. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Well, uh, I am gonna jump because these the Fine. clock is ticking and there are still some hands up. So thanks again for being part of the call. All right, Scott, are you still there? I think Scott. Oh, may have sorry, I, I just muted myself by accident. Um, Cindy in Springfield, you're up. Hey, Cindy, how are you? Cindy, you on the line? Hello. Oh, hi. It's uh, like uh, this doesn't sound like Cindy, but <laughs> you're on the call. How are you? Hello. Hi. Yeah. Can you hear us? Okay. All right. Um, Hello. Area code four one seven. You're on the call. Can you hear us? Yeah. Hello. Hi. How can uh, I help how you? How you doing, John? Uh, good. Good. Um, got some great information today. Um, we're in, uh, you know, a city of uh, hundred and fifty thousand. Um, we actually have some very similar influences. I really like to hear your new stuff at some point. Um, I'm in a kind of uh, well, I'm in a uh, kind of a roots rock, uh, garage rock type band. Do a solo thing also. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my goals, uh, kind of, and I broke them down: local, regional, and national. And I kind of just we're about to release a record. We're working on a Kickstarter plan to finance the rest of that. And we're hoping to go on a one-week Midwest tour following that. I found out about you through the A to Z of publishing, and I bought that manual. I haven't done a lot of work with that. I mean, it's sort of, it's a little intimidating, you know, there's 50 pages of uh, publishers. Um, but basically, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, we've had some good press. We've had interest from Bloodshot Records. But they flat out said, you know, uh, you need to get your record out on your own. We need to see you out on the road for uh, two to three week tours that you finance yourself, and you got a deal. I mean, we love your music, but you know, we're we're going to take you to the next level after you've got to this level on your own. And I just sort of feel like I'm sort of, you know, like a a, a horse galloping off in so many directions. You know, I've built a very personal connection on my personal Facebook page and all those people know I'm you know the kind of the get the head guy in the group type thing or the one that like kind of runs things or whatever 
and uh, and I've got a Facebook fan page that has virtually no likes, and you know I'm just starting to work on some of these things, like because I had built the, the web list up uh, uh, at one point, and I changed, switched over to Google, and I never saw anything like come of that, so I just basically, you know, like I stopped building the web list, and I totally hear you with that, working on that, but I guess like I kind of feel like. You know, what I want is just a quick sort of, if you can, you know, overview of, like, how we should set our goals accordingly. We've, we've, be, we've become kind of, you know, we're in a town where, like, Jamrock, and, of course, we're in the Midwest, we're in Missouri, uh, um, bluegrass and country music is very popular here, and I, I make more money playing, actually, doing cover acts. But basically, like, you know, we're kind of become, we've become a musician's band. You know, we've got this sort of, like, cult following, but we can't translate it beyond, you know, our friends that are coming that are largely musicians themselves. And um, so I'm just trying to figure out how to organize my goals and not feel like I'm a horse galloping off in many directions. You know, I use the horse analogy because... A horse is a powerful animal, but, you know, with, with without, like, you know, an unbridled horse goes nowhere, basically. Sure, sure. Um, I'm just going to mute this call out and then give you that answer just because we're trying to jam through these. Um, totally un- understand where uh, you're coming from. My best advice, and I, I gave some more in-depth answers to similar questions that will cover um, uh, some of the details earlier in the call and that this recording will be made available to everybody. But, um uh in a nutshell i you really just need to focus everything on building that mailing list you know it sounds like you got a lot going on you say a record label's interested i mean that's the rub everyone kind of wants you to go out and prove that you don't need a record label in order to get a record deal and um the thing is when you grasp this stuff you know the way you do that is by building a big mailing list and then learning a little bit about sales so that you can actually convert that mailing list into buyers and ticket sales and all those things that the record label is ultimately looking for. And once you can do that, then the record label is interested in being there. But then you don't really need a record label, particularly a smaller record label that doesn't have the the muscle that a major has. So um, it becomes a question of whether or not you even really want them. And if you can show that you're profitable, if you can show that for $10,000 you can generate $20,000, then you're really going to be able to sort of go anywhere you want. Um, and the, again, the question is going to be, do you even want to go with anybody else? So um, I would just really focus everything on that mailing list. Um, if you feel that everything is scattered, I would go and uh, make your first goal to get up the squeeze page an opt-in form that converts at 25% or better from some sort of paid traffic. You know, And that's not always as easy as it sounds, but make that your goal. Once you've got that, you've got something that you can really work with and you can really scale up. And um, if you're touring, go and do uh, geo-targeted advertising instead of advertising to the entire world so that you've got audiences in particular cities and you can um, milk ticket sales out of that same list and get even more return on your dollar spent. And you'll have something real on your hands. You'll have a real business model. You'll be able to open just about any door uh, you want in the music industry in terms of getting meetings and getting people to hear your story and and at least take you seriously. Uh, And then it's just going to be a question of, do you want a label to act as a bank, or do you want to just keep doing it yourself? 
So that would be my advice there on how you can take things to the next level. Um, we've got just a, a few more calls, and I'm going to get to everybody that's called in because you've all sat so long on the call so patiently. I really appreciate it. There are a bunch of questions, a lot of them actually, that we're not going to be able to get to. I'm going to do my best to respond to you guys later via email. If you don't hear back from me, just uh, shoot me an email at support at musicmarketingmanifesto.com, and I'll do my best to answer your question. Um, Aside from that, uh, again, if you're new here, I mentioned earlier uh, that I'm offering something uh, special on the Insider Circle. The Insider Circle is a, a membership site that I have. It's a mastermind community of musicians who are dedicated to learning about marketing. Um, I raised the price on the Insider Circle recently from $27 to $47. I did it this morning, actually, and I didn't make any announcements about it or anything like that. So I went and created a special page for anyone who's on this webinar, and that's going to come down shortly, but it's available now. And if you're interested in checking out the Insider Circle or even just learning more about what it is, um, you can go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. And you can get access to the Insider Circle at that original price. It's a, more than 40% off the, the current and new and permanent price of $47. You can get it for $27, and you'll lock that in for life. So if you've been hearing me talk about it and want to check it out, there's over... 18 months of training, and each month I release new training, and we hold regular coaching calls like this one. Um, so again, uh, if you want to check it out, if you're interested in doing this more regularly, you can go to uh, uh, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Um, with that said, we're going to jump through the rest of these calls. Scott, you want to fire up um, another another call for us? Yeah. Hello. That one's a, a little bit noisy. Uh, Paul in New York, I'm going to try to unmute you again if you can uh, take care of whatever that noise is here. We'll try it. We'll give one more shot. All right, Paul, are you with us? Have we lost him? Paul? If you are hearing it, you are on the line? Yeah, what's up? Hi, right, who are we talking to? Existent. Sorry, we're having a little little trouble hearing you. Extra strength. Sorry, uh, still not coming through. But did you have a question? Yeah. Hello. What can we help with? Hello. All right. Looks like we're having some issues there, Scott. You wanna? Um, sorry, Paul, uh, or whoever that was. These names are not always 100% accurate because they come in um, via whatever your system has as your name. So my apologies if we sometimes get your name wrong there. But uh, if that was Paul that we we're speaking to, we could not hear you very well. So our apologies. Um, Scott, you wanna throw another call on the line? Yeah, we've got Richfield, Connecticut. Richfield, can you hear us? Yes, yes. Thank you both so much. Hi, John. Hi, Scott. Hi. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you? So this has been so wonderful. Thank you so so much. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. My question is, I, it has taken, as usual, longer <laughs> to finish my album. It's almost finished, and I have filmed about ten videos. Um, some are full-on official music videos, and the others are the stories behind the songs. 
sort of, you know, what you've been talking about to really connect with your list. So my my idea is that my my direct marketing campaign I am intending to really, you know, just show who I really am and what this album is really about. And I wanted to just sort of get reassurance from you that that's a good idea. And I have about 2,300 people. I mean, I've been building the list the whole time I've been working on the album and doing the videos. So I have to – it's there. It's it's there, and it just has to be organized. So there's that, and then my real – my question, other than sort of just wanting your comment on what I've said I've done, is the paid advertising thing, I, I don't know anything about that. And I'm wondering if you can just tell me what you're talking about with getting, you know, more people on a list uh, through paid advertising and what that would cost for what kind of numbers of people. Sure, sure. This is Elizabeth, isn't it? It is. Hello there. Hey, hey. I thought I recognized voice. Well, How's it going? Good um, cool. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm just going to mute you out because I'm trying to jam through these. And if okay. I get to chatting, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go on for ten minutes, and we're running out of time. So I, I will absolutely answer that. But um, thanks before I uh, mute you out for for being on the call. Um, so paid advertising. What are we talking about there? Um, paid advertising. Sorry, I got one more thing to do there on the technical side. Um, but uh, paid advertising, what am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, basically paying to get traffic, and uh, there are a number – well, actually, there are quite a few different networks that you can use uh, for this. I have been currently focused on Facebook, but obviously Google AdWords is another one. Bing, um, uh, they, they've got a pretty big ad network, and there are a million smaller ones. There's different types of paid advertising. Uh, for the purposes of keeping it simple, let's, let's just talk about Facebook because I think that's a great place to start for most people. It is um, – very easy to use, very easy to get going, and all you basically do with Facebook is you create an ad. Um, in fact, next time you're on Facebook, if you look over on the right-hand side of your page, chances are you'll see some ads. Um, those are just people paying to get what kind of looks like a little profile picture displayed. It's a photo, a headline, and some supporting copy, and you can advertise your squeeze page or any type of offer that you'd like. And again, I recommend people advertise or promote a page, an opt-in form, a page where you're building your list because it's a lot easier to make more money from some from an email address than it is from someone who just lands on a web page. Um, uh, because obviously you can promote multiple times, you can build that relationship and get people um, more likely to buy. Uh, and buy from you over and over again. Um, so uh, the bidding it varies a lot. It has a lot to do with your ad's performance. So if you're, let's say, if you've got an ad and um, people are, and you're getting, a, let's say, a, a point, 1% click-through rate, and that's kind of, you know, uh, probably on average of what you might see. And actually, that's even just sort of a decent performing ad. You get a 0.1%. In other words, 0.1% of people who get exposed to your ad actually click on it. Remember, Facebook is a social place, so people aren't mostly clicking on ads. They're mostly there to hang out. So you get fairly low click-through rates. But um, if you were bidding 50 cents on that, but somebody else was bidding um, 25 cents, but they were getting a 0.5% click-through rate, that person would get the traffic over you because Facebook was making more money um, for the number of impressions. So ad performance has a lot to do with um, what you pay. The better your ad performs, the less you pay. Um, 
and there are some other factors there that can contribute to things as well. So what you might, and, and targeting has a lot to do with it because if you're bidding on um, an interest that no one else is, in, uh, is bidding on, then you, you know, you've got no competition and your prices are going to be lower than something that was very monetized and had a lot of people bidding on it because it's an auction-based system. So for music, um, you know, prices will vary. I'm seeing anything from 10 to 50 cents where people can still sort of make it work. And the 50 cents is a bit high. Um, actually, it's, it's quite a bit high for music. But you know, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to hear from folks. You know, uh, or I'd like to hear that people are getting clicks for less than 20 cents. If you got your squeeze page converting it around 30 percent, you know, you're paying less than a buck to get people on your list. And as long as you're um, getting a decent conversion rate on sales, and you've got upsells, or you, you know you promote live shows, that sort of thing, then you should be making your money back, and that's kind of the idea. So um, I'd go uh, check out Facebook advertising. You know, it's it's hard to really answer in a call like this because there are a lot of little nuances, and there's a lot of little psychology, uh, or there's a lot of psychology rather behind each sort of step of the process. You know, um, not to sound like a broken record on the insider circle, but um, there is a training module in there currently on Facebook advertising that sort of walks you through the entire thing. And uh, if you want to sort of see that, then you can you know, go to that page that I just mentioned, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount, um, and that gets you access to everything, all of the last year and a half's worth of training modules, plus the insider interviews and the library, and most importantly, the forum, which is really the sort of heartbeat of the entire um, program. Uh, where we can talk further about this, and then we do regular coaching calls and all that stuff. So again, anyone who's just come in, you can that the price just went up this morning. So if you go to the main site, you'll actually see that it sells for forty-seven dollars a month. Um, however, for everyone on this call, you can get access for uh, uh, more than forty percent off, and you can lock that in for good at just uh, uh, twenty-seven dollars a month, and you'll get that discount for life if you sign up uh, today. So uh, that hopefully answers that. Um, uh, Scott, I feel like I, did I address all of our points about how Facebook advertising kind of works in a nutshell? Yeah, I, I think you know that's obviously a lot to get into, but yeah, I mean the training module and inside a circle is great. So you know, uh, again, that's uh, that's a great place to go to to get a more detailed answer on that. Okay, cool. Sorry, I feel like I'm skipping over some stuff because it is such a meaty topic, but there's it's just kind of difficult to go through. I could talk for another hour just on Facebook advertising, and there'd still be a lot to show you. So it uh, looks like we got one more person uh, in the queue with their hand raised. So Scott, let's uh, let's take that call, and uh, I think then we can call it a wrap. All right, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, can you hear us? Are you with us? Yes. Hi, how are you? Hi, hi. Uh, hello to, to uh, uh, Scott and John. Thank you so much for having this. I uh, had uh, emailed a question. My question says, I am a, a gospel songwriter. I am not a singer. And I have over 30 demos of songs. And so when I had the demos made, uh, they were demos for hire, so they're 100% of mine. My dilemma is how to market these. I have them on various uh, uh, websites and, and CD Baby, etc. but I get a little bit concerned about going to traditional radio because how do I present it? I'm, um, uh, I, I have it under my name, Yvonne Perkins, as the artist because I am presenting my music, you know, and because the people that are on the demo have already been paid. But I wonder, you know, what are your thoughts on a situation like that? 
I, I just want to make sure I understand. Are you asking about legal legal ramifications of using a recording that has other people involved in it, or are you asking just to, uh, saying that you've got finished product, professional quality music, and you just want to get it played on radio? Yes, the, the, the last one. You know, I have have the demos. They are professionally mastered, et cetera. So if in order to have this played on radio, how do I present it? Do I say, you know, do, do I suggest that they do, you know, songs written by Yvonne Perkins, the artist, or, you know, or, you know, what do I do? You know, to pre- well, yeah, if you're talking to about, you're, if you're still sort of uncertain about how you actually even want to um, present it, then it sounds like maybe your packaging and your product's not completely developed. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, you probably have a little work to do on that front. You do definitely want to have an artist's name, and you know, if you want to have an album out. And to be blunt, um, you know, radio is not the first place I recommend people go. I know traditionally that's where a lot of people, uh, you know, what, what people sort of think of when they think about furthering their music career and getting their music out there is radio, because for so long mm-hmm. that has been the place that. Um, you know, music sort of gets introduced to the world. However, it's just extraordinarily competitive. It's truthfully very expensive. You've got to bring on radio promoters, and uh, even when you spend tens of thousands of dollars, it's usually very difficult because there are people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to accomplish the same thing. And there are only a couple of spots that each station can add to the rotation each and every week. Now, there are opportunities in college radio and things like that, but it all kind of comes back to why are you really doing this stuff? Are you, if you're doing it to further your career, I think that especially in the beginning, there are better places to spend your money. You can spend your money, as, as I've talked about, on advertising and try to build that community. Get a community going via email and around a blog um, and uh, you know, using social media and all those elements to start talking to people and build that tribe of that first thousand fans, uh, and I think you'll have a lot better luck um, if you start that way actually, than coming then, then going straight to what, radio. What I'm trying to do is, is to get it out to recording artists to to present to them a a complete idea of what I have available as a songwriter. You know, I see. Uh, so, so I'm trying to get it out there so recording artists working on their new project, they hear this and say, oh, you know, that that sounds like something I can work with. Uh, so, but in, in, in the meantime, I do have it on CD babies and things like that. Sure, get, get, getting your um, and, and I thank you for for the question. Um, but getting your music on out, out to artists is much different than selling your music to the consumer. And I specialize in selling your music to the consumer. That's kind of what I I focus on in marketing in that capacity. Is my, my specialty, going out and getting other artists to want to record and perform your song, for me and in my experience, comes down to a lot more networking and industry relationships and things that happen sort of offline and in the real world. And I think, um, you know, that you know that's even more competitive, and I think you'll find that even sort of more difficult. So if you've got it on CD, baby, then it sounds like you've got music that's, you know, consumer ready. Um, and I think you'd probably do better to go out and again, as I say, build that that tribe of that first thousand fans. Get those people to sign up for your mailing list and give them a free single as an incentive to do so. And then from and communicate with them regularly and try to move some product and get them to buy your album. 
Um, and in doing so, I think that you know if you can create that groundswell of activity, I think you're you're going to be in a lot better position to go out and network and make some of those relationships uh, with other artists and potentially music supervisors and things like that that might result in other artists covering and using your music. So um, that is kind of my thoughts on on that, and and I hope that helps. Uh, and I, I hate to be rushing along like this. I'm just watching that clock tick. We have been talking for a very long time. So um, my apologies for rushing through those last handful of questions. But I think we are good. I'm literally like pacing around my office kind of out of, out of breath here. Um, but uh, I, think we, I think we're good. I think we've been talking for a while. I really appreciate this. There's still a lot of you on the call and visiting via the web. I really appreciate you guys being here. Again, if anyone missed it, um, my big sort of special offer that I'm putting out there today is the Insider Circle. It's really my baby. I really, I really love this community that we've got. There's really nothing like it. It's several hundred uh, musicians who are just dedicated to learning the art of marketing. And I release regular, uh, regular training modules once a month. I've actually got something coming out on uh, Exit Pops. That's a uh, script or piece of software for people who aren't familiar with the term script. It's really just a bit of code that you can put on your website that um, when someone tries to leave, it gives them a little quick window that pops up and asks them if they'd like to do something else or go to yet another web page, um, usually your squeeze page or some other different offer. And what you'll usually see is that first uh, boost conversion rate significantly. And I had actually Scott uh, put that together for me, Scott, who's on the line, and uh, everyone who is a member of the Insider Circle is going to be getting that this month. So if you're interested in checking that out, as I said, the price doubled. It went to $47 a month this morning, and I didn't give any notice. So I put a special page together for everyone who's uh, been on this call, and uh, you can you can get access for uh, nearly half price. I'm calling it 40%, but I think it's like 40 3% or something like that, uh, and, and that's at musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Again, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash discount. Don't go to the page uh, on the main site because that's where you'll see $47, but if you follow that forward slash discount link that I just mentioned, then you will get it for um, only $27, and the best part is you will lock that price in for the life of your membership. Uh, and um, I think it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, you'll get the last year and a half worth of material along with all the new stuff. And we'll get to do these again. This is the only one I've ever done where I've opened it up to the public, but we do these, these uh, coaching calls almost every month uh, where we get to chat more intimately and talk about the specifics of your career. So that's available to anyone who's interested. Um, Scott, thanks so much for helping us out. Um, really appreciate it. You got any sort of parting words for everyone who's on the line? Yeah, thanks for having me, and, and thank you guys for being on the call. And, uh, yeah, I'll just reiterate and, and tell you from my experience, Inside a Circle is an awesome resource. So if you, if you are really serious about really, you know, making a legitimate business out of your music, then I, it's the best resource I've found out there. There's so much good training on there that uh, as soon as you get in, uh, you'll see tons of great stuff on there. Cool, man. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, and likewise, as we mentioned, Scott uh, is Scott is the go-to guy, and he's who I use just about every week uh, for all these little things that you need done that give you headaches. You know, updating websites, building websites, designing headers, all that kind of stuff. 
if you need some assistance um, with your website or your, your project that's on the technical side, um, Scott is the man. So websites for rock stars. Um, he's uh, you know cool dude and someone I work with regularly on a number of projects. So check him out as well. But uh, anyway, uh, I think I think we're good. Thank you everyone for being on the call. I know it went on a long time, and I'm shocked at how many of you guys are still there. So I really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure you know we'll all be chatting again soon, be it in the Insider Circle or via email or blog comments or any of these little communication points that we have. I do love reaching out. Only wish I had sort of more time in the day to do this with you guys. All right, cheers. Take care.